Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Rob and Nikita need a podcast And they need your help And you make it onto the wheel Rob and Nikita need a podcast Yeah, they'll buy or sell Your ideas, they'll talk about it Till you've gotten your fill Every weekend, better attend You can guess what will be coming up next Rob and Nikita need a podcast Yes, that's right Robin and Keeping Podcast, episode number 113. We are back to talk about two movies today featuring must see TV uh, standouts from 1996 featuring primates uh, in Dunstan Checks In and Ed. And here is a man who loves must see TV. So, so on animals. Here he is, the great Akiva Winokur. I thought I was going to get primate super fan. <laughs> are you a primate super fan? No, I don't even know. I mean, could, are we in the trust tree here? Yeah. Like, I barely know what primates are. Yeah. What's a primate? I don't know. I don't know. Primate don't... is a catch-all. We went back and forth on the name of this podcast a couple times. It was supposed to be Robin and our monkeying around. That longtime listener, zookeeper, Mike Christensen said, ah, actually, uh, these are not monkeys. These are apes. So we've rebranded ape. Crazy nights here as we were talking about two 1996 films with must see TV famous people and apes. So, uh, what a year 1996! And we'll talk about it all here today. And we are very lucky that we have a, a great correspondent here with us that she has a emotional connection to. Dunstan checks in for some reason, and we will. Check in why, of course, from our American Ninja Warrior Rahap Up. Here is Lita Brillman. Lita, how are you? Hi, I'm great. I feel like prime mate would be like what they say is like best friend in Australia or mm-hmm. England. Like, yeah. oh, he's my prime mate. Ooh, we're um, we're going to make that catch on. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm great. I, uh, in my rider with RJP, I only podcast with Rob about things that star animals. Um, <laughs> so we're really on quite a roll here. Yes. Are you the animal media correspondent? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, I also would not be able to, I wouldn't say monkeys are like really my, my wheelhouse of animals, but I like them. Mm-hmm. I can't define ape versus primate versus any of these other things, but I think they're really cute when they're real. Yeah. I don't want to get a bunch of mentions. I think it has to do with uh, that if they have a tail or not, but maybe we can uh, get to the bottom of that here today. 
Last time out, we talked about the Star Wars Holiday Special with Liana Boris. We had a lot of fun last week, and I was watching Dunstan Checks In. I was finishing it up this morning, and I was watching it, and my uh, kids came around, and my son Dominic asked me, oh, what are you watching? I said, oh, I'm watching this Dunstan Checks In for Robin Akiva Need a Podcast, and he said, oh, that's perfect. So now... Akiva can uh, tell his kids that he watched a movie about gorillas two weeks in a row. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Last week we watched. How does he get out of that? Does he listen to this podcast? No, no. I just told him that you had made the observation that you were watching the Star Wars holiday special with your family. And when lumpy and itchy were on the screen, your kids were asking you, Dad, why are you watching this gorilla movie? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, our, our guest uh, was as Star Wars averse as I am and recently watched all of them. But uh, I think she was in the same boat as me. Is this true, Lita? You watch all the Star Wars films? Uh, I'm holding my Baby Yoda water bottle. Um, yes, I I <laughs> have seen all of the Star Wars movies as of quarantine. Um, and by all of them, I mean I skipped a good two-thirds of at least two of them uh, mm-hmm. because Jabba the Hutt did not like, skipped all of that. Uh, and then the one where Anakin gets bad, uh, Hayden Christensen goes bad. Too yeah, scary. Too so scary. That. Yeah. Yeah. We don't like things that are too scary on this show. So you're in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, which cut out some parts of both of these films that we'll talk about today. A um, oh. little bit horrifying on some counts. Okay. Rob, I was thinking it was a year ago, probably this weekend that you and I watched, yeah. um, watched some holiday films with our, with our sons. Right? Too. That- yeah. Yeah. We watched Home Alone 2, and did we watch a second movie with them also? Um, I don't think so. I think we just watched Home Alone 2. Oh, we watched Home Alone 2 with our, with our eldest sons, and, yeah. we, and we podcast about it. Mm-hmm. And I think people seem to like it, and for some reason, we both hated it and did not enjoy ourselves podcasting with our sons. Yeah. I think we might have uh, cut out the worst back this year. parts. Yeah. yeah, we didn't invite them back this year. Maybe next year, they're, uh, you know third Maybe grade or whatever i i also was telling my kids how you had watched uh up to home alone five with mm-hmm. your kids and their minds were blown the fifth one isn't called home alone five it's just like a, a abc family movie but the worse they get the crazier they go uh, spoiler alert for today they mm-hmm. died laughing at both of these movies my son fell off the couch during Dunson checks in. They thought Ed after Ed, they said it was like the best movie they'd ever seen. Dunson checks in is hilarious. Yeah. But, but not Ed. I mean, they, they are such, if there is any sort of slapstick, you can put any kid like seven or under in front of that movie and they'll die laughing. Like they're, they're not really worried about like it's rotten tomato score. All right. Well, Let's get into this because we have two movies to talk about mm-hmm. here. A lot today. of homework this week. Yeah, a lot of homework to do. I, I like last week we were like, oh yeah, oh, let's just do both movies. Like great, and then mm-hmm. it was like ten o'clock last night. I'm like, hold on, I have to watch two. I have two of these movies Same. I have to get through before <laughs> we get to the podcast tomorrow. Yeah, it wasn't I, like I, I, my wife. Uh, I was going to be able to say, "Yeah, honey, do you mind if we throw Dunstan checks in on tonight?" <laughs> do you think she would have liked Ed better? Maybe should you have tried Ed? Yeah, she does like They're baseball. Romantic. She does like baseball. Yeah, maybe, maybe more hot guys in Ed than Dunstan the, checks in. A, oh, at disagree, least... Jason Alexander. <laughs> woo. There is a, there is a romance you know situation at least going on in Ed. There's really yeah, Ed's more of a rom com. No uh, yeah. romantic lead at all in Dunstan checks in. No, no, but that kid Kyle and the and Dunstan did have a lot of chemistry. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you can tell that they really got along on set. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let, let's talk about Dunstan checks in. And Lita, I guess let's start here where that this is a, a very important film for you. Could you give us the backstory on why why Dunstan checks in? Why, why does that really uh, stand out as a, a very important movie in your life? Yeah. So this is probably one of the movies that I've seen the most times in my life. Um, This movie came out when I was all of one year old. Um, But for some reason, my parents had it on VHS. And, you know, you like put on, you guys know, like you put on a movie for your kid and suddenly it's like the only thing they want to watch. And my brother is three and a half years older than me. uh, And, you know, very conventional boy. You know, that's the kind of movies that he likes. So it was really hard for us to agree on movies that we both wanted to watch. And this is one that we just loved. So we watched it so many times when I was a kid. Um, and then we lived together when we were adults and would watch this. Um, it's just a hilarious film that has really stuck with me to the point that um, I famously have never seen Seinfeld. Um, and mm-hmm. one time I saw my parents watching Seinfeld when I was little and I was like, oh, it's the guy from Dunstan Checks In. As if like, good for him. Like he really stays working. <laughs> yeah. Jason Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good for the guy from Dunstan Checks In as I know him. Yeah. We've actually covered a lot of Jason Alexander, uh, not just Seinfeld, mm-hmm. which famously Akiva and I went through the entire run, but also Akiva that we covered the Jason Alexander episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah, we're going through his whole IMDb bit by bit. Uh, he had a crazy wig in this movie. Yeah. Wigs are uh, a, a bigger part of the other movie we watched today. Um, <laughs> but he he does have hair. He does, I guess, have a wig, but that's not a plot point in this film. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hair. notice that. He normally doesn't have hair then. He normally doesn't, yeah. Right. Well, this is late in the Seinfeld run already by the time this comes out. So this is... By the way, imagine like you're on the number one show on TV and Jason Alexander spends his whole summer filming this i mean for alita it's like imagine slumming on seinfeld this is like yeah deep in the run like this is what season six season seven of seinfeld mm-hmm. uh dunstan checks in according to uh wikipedia did not check in huge at the box office it cost only 16 million dollars to make this and only brought in 9.9 million dollars uh which is going to be you know uh a, a few weeks of salary for the uh, core four eventually but this movie Starting is not yeah. like some random pro like this has faye dunaway rupert everett Pee Wee herman is in this movie mm-hmm. like yeah. there, this is a movie that i think america just wasn't ready for uh <laughs> rather than it not than having any major flaws Lee, do you feel like it was ahead of its time yeah i do i think that this movie, I think if the gay community got a hold of this movie, they would be into it. Um, I feel like this could really be something that stands out as an icon, a cult classic in many communities. Um, it just really was something that before the advent of streaming, people really couldn't get their hands on Dunstan Checks In. Um, yeah. And I, I do feel like uh, it has some solid jokes, despite the fact that I have seen it maybe 20 times that I was thinking about earlier today. I probably couldn't quote a single like joke from this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of quotable lines, but it is very funny. Rob, can I... Can yes. I uh, so this movie comes out the beginning of 1996, where you put all your Oscar bait, you know, the beginning of January for the next year. Yeah. Let me, let me read you the top 10 uh, from the uh, box office that week. Okay. All right. 12 Monkeys, Don't Be a Menace oh, to South Central. Uh, uh, 12 Apes, you mean. Twelve apes. That's right. 
Uh, eye for an eye. So don't be a menace. I remember commercials for. I don't remember eye for an eye. Grumpier, grumpier old men. Don't be Toy a menace. Story. Don't be a menace while drinking gin and juice in the hood. Is that it? You're, you don't remember? Don't be a menace, be a menace to, South Central don't while be a drinking your juice in the society. hood. No. Um, a, a grumpier old men is for Toy Story one is five. Heat Jumanji, Waiting to Exhale, Biodome two. If I see this movie opened thirteenth at the box office. Yeah, Jumanji are you, are was you sure? Are you sure, Akiva? It's not. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood from January of nineteen ninety six. That's what it is. Yeah, Jumanji was also a movie of my childhood that scared the absolute daylights out of me, and I'll never watch it again. Oh yeah, that's my kids. Very scary. My kids really like the the Rock and Kevin Hart version. I think that one is less scary. Ah, uh, the, mm. the from the Heart Rock Hotel. From Hot Rock Hotel, that's right. Mm-hmm. They like that one better. Is that a Steve, are you are you quoting a Stephen Fishback? The, the legendary Stephen Fishback <laughs> joke tweet. Tried a joke on Twitter this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, these movies are hard to find. Also, and so uh, we're gonna take you through. So uh, I'm assuming most people did not go back and rewatch. Lita, is that is that fair to say? Is that am I being presumptive that people don't own this already? Um, I don't know. I mean, this was something that like my whole family was very happy to gather around the fire and watch on Christmas yesterday. When I said, guys, I got to watch Dunson Checks In, everybody was thrilled. And that's mm-hmm. not sarcasm. My family loves this movie. So I'm imagining that every person in America, especially every person that listened to that listens to this podcast, did watch this yesterday. It's homework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. I did post, uh, as I do before we watch movies, if anybody has any takes on Dunson Check In or Ed. Uh, please email me. The, uh, please email them. Where do you post that? I posted on Twitter. Okay. And your inbox was flooded. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I got zero zero responses. <laughs> yeah. First time in the history of the podcast, I got nothing. Hmm. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was Christmas week. Now I forgot when I posted it that it was Christmas Eve. To be honest, I literally didn't remember it was Christmas Eve till people were like, "I schedule like an Among Us game for Thursday night." We were like, "All right, what's?" Why is like it's slow on Twitter today? And then it was, oh, it's Christmas Eve. So maybe, uh, maybe mm-hmm. I was, you know, uh, I had forgotten, forgotten where it was. But the, um, yeah, n- uh, nobody watched along with us. Uh, I'm going to guess that people will not have hot takes on this movie, but we have to explain it to them because I think they're missing out on something. Yeah. I think that's part of the fun for people who didn't uh, get to watch it. So uh, Majestic Hotel is run by. Jason Alexander. I never even got his character name. Uh, it's Robert dad. Grant. Oh, I thought it was yeah. dad. Sounds like Rupert dad. Grant. Yeah. Or Rupert Everett, who's in this movie. Can I ask a question Rupert to Grant. both of you? Yes. Uh, where is this hotel located? New York City. I asked this exact same question, and uh, my brother pointed out to me that there was a taxi cab uh, outside that had like uh, an apple on it. Okay. There's almost no effort to explain that, right? Like, I was thinking. Is Trump going to show up like he does oh, in Home Alone Two in this movie? Yeah. You know, like is there because they 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 don't you know or can it be Chicago ish like Home Alone? I, like I also thought it was Chicago. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but, but Wikipedia says it's a Canadian American movie, so I wonder if they film this in Toronto. Toronto or Vancouver. Sounds about right. Is this supposed to be a famous New York hotel? Like, does this stand out to you? It it does. I will say my kids were pointing out, uh, and I watched both of these movies with my kids back to back, uh, that it did seem a little bit, I guess for lack of a better word, like schlocky, right? It mm-hmm. doesn't maybe it's with, you know, twenty five years of experience, but it doesn't seem it seems very small, first of all. Like the lobby seems small. It doesn't seem like the nicest hotel in, in New York City. 
that's about to get a six a six star. That's their big goal for the movie. They're going to get a six star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Am I crazy, Lita? It doesn't seem like the nicest hotel I've ever seen. Um, I don't know. Like, m- I feel like old movie hotel. Sorry, I don't want to call this an old movie, but like movie hotels are very divorced from the reality of actual hotels. I feel like this is like it communicated to us that it's a nice movie hotel because there's an 18 minute opening credit yes. scene where they're polishing things. Yeah. And that's how you know that it's nice. Lita, doesn't life at a hotel seem very glamorous to work at a hotel uh, from Dunstan checks in? It's almost like that every day it's like the start of like that if you were going to like be opening up a opening night of a play like, all right, places, everybody get all right. Make sure that brass is shut. like every, everybody's like uh, getting everything ready like every single day makes it seem very exciting. Yeah, it's it, the hospitality industry um, is like mostly sort of uh, straightening your bow tie and falling into cakes. So mm-hmm. I think uh, this really captured that uh, very well. I mean, I feel like it, it was a nice hotel. Like on the outside, it sort of looked like if like the New Yorker hotel was like way bigger, like kind of Art Deco. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, Akiva, I don't know if we need to disparage hotels. Uh, and Dunstan checks in. Like, are you Mr. Moneybags? This is not a nice hotel to you? Plenty of money. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Th- no, I, it is a nice hotel. Um, and I, I do think one of the interesting parts of the first, um, of, of, the, of the opening scene in this movie versus the next one is like, just, just the fact, like, the scene where they're, where they're like, making the hotel look nicer. There's so much more attention to detail in the opening 15 minutes of this movie than there ever is at any point in that. <laughs> like, is that, you know what I mean? Like, you could tell, like, oh, because I watched Ed first. I don't know which one you watched first, Rob. I watched you could tell me, like, oh, this yeah. is, like, a much higher quality of film than Ed, which is crazy. With half the budget. Ed has a, Ed's budget is insane. I know we're not up to there yet, yeah. but Ed's budget will blow your mind. It's okay. crazy. <laughs> All right. So, all right, we're getting everything ready in the hotel and we're seeing uh, life in the lobby. And uh, Otho from Beetlejuice uh, is here. That uh, does, Do either of you know who uh, Otho from Beetlejuice? I've seen Beetlejuice, but no, I don't know who you're talking about. The guy that I thought was Wayne Knight? Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh. I guess so. Is he the okay. poor man's Wayne Knight? Akiva, do you know who I'm talking about? Um, th- is he the guy who's essentially the comic foil for yeah, the whole movie? Yeah, he gets dunked on the whole movie. Yeah, that uh, mm-hmm. I-, I know him as being from Beetlejuice. That's the only yes, other that like, is his, prominent. That is role. his main credit on his um, Wikipedia page. Yes, uh, and uh, sad news: uh, he has a was on his Wikipedia page. He, oh, he passed in 2010. Okay, very very oh sadly. My God. Yeah, mm-hmm. was it a monkey related incident? <laughs> No, I don't believe uh, so. He but, seems to have had a, a tough, uh, tough uh, later in life. Uh, you know, he had a fire in his house, and then he fell in. Oh, oh my well, he's god! He's great in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, really good in this movie. And he was also in Beetlejuice with Catherine O'Hara, who was in Home Alone Two, which was on Robin Akiva Need a Podcast back. So this is a Christmas movie. <laughs> we got it back. Yeah, Dunstan right. checks in. Mm-hmm. And so his, the kids are uh, these the two boys uh, that I refer to them as the older one and the younger one, but they have names. Uh, they Brian are and Kyle. Uh, Brian and Kyle. Kyle is the younger kid. Lita, what are they up to here? That they're doing some sort of a prank with the fountain. Yes, this movie walked so that the sweet life of Zach and Cody could run, um, which is two boys getting into hijinks. I think what they're trying to do is they they like the the bellboy that is being yelled at by the manager, so they're pranking the manager by 
I don't know, turning off the fountain and then turning it on when he goes to look at it or whatever. But they're trying to get they're trying to avenge the bellboy who was yelled at by the manager. Okay. Was that in a prequel? <laughs> no. That happened that happened in all in this movie? When they get caught and they're and Jason Alexander is yelling at them. Kyle is like, but dad, they were yelling at poor, like whatever. Okay. Like or just you know. They're, they are really like men of the people, mm-hmm. Kyle and Brian. Yeah, and, and, and they live in the hotel, yes, right? They, yes. They're like landlords of the hotel, essentially. Well, no, uh, oh, that, I think that the dad, apparently, and I don't know if this is common in the hotel industry, that the dad seems to like live at the hotel. Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of like that when I used to live in the dorm, like the, the guy who ran the dorm, he lived there also. Uh, that I didn't know if you worked at a hotel, you also live at the hotel. It's the case in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, so it has to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that these people have some sort of curse where they can only live in hotels because at the end, <laughs> they're like, we're going to have to live in a Motel 6. It's like, well, why don't you just get an apartment? Yeah, why do they have to dunk on Motel 6 also in this movie? Well, Jason Alexander's like, oh, that would be nice. And mm-hmm. they do end up, spoiler alert, uh, if you're going to watch this movie, living in another hotel far mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have no friends during the movie. There's no, there's no mention of a friend. Like, they just live their friends are like the fellow workers in the hotel. They yes. just live in this hotel. The kids do uh, not no, go to school. They mm-hmm. do not go to school. There's just it's just hijinks all day long. Yeah, hotel hijinks. But they say a lot about like well, things could be worse than living in a five star hotel. You know, they really establish early on in the movie. This how many stars does this hotel have? Five. Mm-hmm. Up front. How many does it want? <laughs> it's gonna yeah. <laughs> Uh, so all right there's a whole incident that happens and the kids are getting in trouble and uh we establish here that jason alexander that he has dinner with his kids and uh actually this was i thought some uh poor parenting here from jason alexander there's one point akiva he hands a knife to his children and says here mm-hmm. here why don't you just take this knife and just stab me in the back because that would be that would be a more efficient way to do what you're doing to me uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never said that to my kids. I'm too afraid they would take me up on the offer. Uh, he also, we haven't really mentioned, is a single dad. It appears that the mom is no longer with us. Appears. Right. The dialogue is literally like, you remind me of your dead mom who died. Oh, she's, they said they said that no, she's they, dead. No, I don't think they dead. ever said dead. Because I, I too was I wondering. It was yeah, it was implied. Uh, uh, I, it was, I remember thinking this was pretty heavy-handed dialogue where they're at the kitchen table and the kid is like, what if we got stranded on a desert island and we had to cook or whatever? And he's like, you think like your mom. Did I ever tell you about how your mom thought back when you had a mom <laughs> who was your mom? She could have <laughs> left them. Pretty, yeah. And he's like saying goodnight to her photo next to the bed. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think she like took off. <laughs> Look. She couldn't handle the fast-paced life of the Majestic. I guess not. I guess not. Um, Akiva, do you feel like that any actor has ever had less on-screen chemistry with children than Jason Alexander does in this movie with the kids? Yeah, I guess. I guess that's a good point. You don't really feel like again. He's the the way the movie is, is set up. Like they're rarely together. I don't know if their filming schedules were like mostly different. <laughs> the kids have major roles in the movie, but I agree they're rarely together. There isn't a ton of chemistry, and I'll I'll, I'll go further. I don't think there's a ton of chemistry between the two boys. I think the oh. younger kid has like a star turn and the older kid who doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. If you want to know how well his career yeah. went after this, uh, Brian, uh, Graham sack, the kid who plays Brian is first of all, of like a very indeterminate age. Like he has a crush on a much older woman who's at the hotel. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I don't know how old. Maybe that's why he doesn't go to school. He's like he's graduated high school. He's like he's, he's out. Like <laughs> um, my daughter every time he came on screen whispered to herself, "He's not cute. I do not like him. He's not cute." She was very upset. The whole uh, she liked the little boy. Was not interested in the older guy at all. Really? So um, I, yeah. He, uh, the kid, the little kid, Kyle, is so much younger than I always think he's going to be. So I think it's hard for him to have chemistry with anybody. But also, I think Brian, they were trying to do Sean from Boy Meets World mm-hmm. and just like kind of went a little askew because he's doing some kind of weird, like, Kyle, what are you doing? It's like, what? Mm-hmm. Why do you have a New York accent and nobody else does? Do you think they tried to get for this movie, they tried to get like the JTTs and, and Macaulay Calkins and all those people and they just couldn't get a name? Like, because do you, do, I mean, they have Faye Dunaway, they have Jason Alexander it, at his absolute apex. Like, mm-hmm. do you think it was possible if they tried for the big names and couldn't get them? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were trying to do like an introducing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I always wanted to be like introducing in a movie, Rob. Like, what I'm in my first podcast? movie at the end. Yeah. Well, I, I think at this point, it's probably too late for me to get introducing well, this episode. It's introducing Lita Brillman to her nap. Mm-hmm. It could be like, that, put that on the, uh, put that on the graphic, whoever <laughs> makes the graphic. <laughs> Don't make us uh, remake the graphic. Uh, oh, I'm this, sorry. We're a... this a professional operation. We got, I get like graphic questions on Tuesday now. Mm-hmm. It's a well-run ship now. Yeah. Sorry, we, we try. We try to be a, well, that we're going for, you know, being a six star podcast. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But, but we don't know who the who the mole is that's evaluating us. That would be funny. Like, who do you think is trying to give it? Like, we have to figure oh, out. Maybe oh, it's like yeah, slasher. Well, I was gonna say that I was hoping <laughs> that Renap's getting one star. <laughs> that we, what we could do is that uh, for all the podcast critics that are out there, that they should mm-hmm. go to iTunes and say that this should be a six star podcast. Ooh, that's not bad. That's not bad. This is what like, we're going uh, for. Leave us a review. Six star podcast. All right, that's good. Yeah. I like. Okay. The uh, the kids they are uh very interested in there's like a man with a crate who shows up and his name is Lord Rutledge. Uh Lito, do we know what uh, Lord Rutledge is the lord of? Uh the circus? Apparently? Mm-hmm. I don't know. They do have a lot of those in uh in London like Piccadilly, etc. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, but he he seems to be uh, quite the the schmoozer. We get him talking to all the old ladies saying there's only so many generations of inbreeding that you can handle. (laughs) The weirdest cut into a conversation ever. Um, So like he's probably the lord of something, but um, I don't think it's that hard. I think you can buy that title now. Yeah. Is he a real lord or is that a fake title so that he can uh, be able to you know, rub elbows with the rich and famous and steal their jewels. I don't know. I mean, was the internet a thing back then? Uh, I mean, he does the first ever Google search in this movie, Rupert. Well, Everett. He's, he's, like, he's got like yeah. the all the high tech security, so mm-hmm. I'm guessing he could he could make all kinds of fake IDs. I don't know. He might be a lord. They, I think the British royalty can be pretty scummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could throw they throw around that, and it does seem like he came from the circus, right? That's what the picture implies that he. Broke Dunstan and his brother out of the circus. No, <laughs> no, is that not true? <laughs> I don't think he broke them out of the circus. They I think from that, the circus. No, I think he like had an act with Dunstan and Samson, and oh, okay. then you remember what happened to your brother Samson, don't you? Did he murder um, Dunstan's brother? Yeah, I think I think that's the implication with that. Oh that no! 
that yeah. cock cane that he has. Yeah. Because yeah. because Samson liked to play games. <laughs> Very dark. Very dark. Yeah. yeah. We also don't eat Dunstan for a while in this movie. Yeah. Which is surprising. It's about 20 minutes I it would be in. All the, the film, I think, clocks in under 90 minutes. I think it's... Oh, my God. It's a hot 88 minutes. <laughs> yeah. No movie should be longer than this. With a like, nine-minute opening montage also. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> maybe the last five minutes are credits. Like, this is... This does not waste any time. This is at a brisk clip. <laughs> They're flying. And talk about star turns. Dunstan gives an amazing performance in this movie. Does uh, Dunstan... Does he get introduced as Sa- uh, Sam... Like he gets like credit at the end of the movie, right? The yeah, name cre- is they, Sam. They credit Sam the orangutan. He also doesn't have a Wikipedia page, which makes me believe that he is not in. Um, he is not in a lot of movies. Hmm. You know, I, I thought like they, they these of the dog movies of the nineties went through. I think the same few dogs, but I don't think I don't think uh, Dunstan really. Well, through. there's also a dog in this movie. Is Neil in a lot yeah. of other movies? Neil, the I don't dog? think Neil gets credited. I also <laughs> like his height is uh, four feet tall. He's, he's four feet yeah. tall on his IMDb. Yes. Yeah, that, that. <laughs> yeah, so he does have an IMDb uh, that, as Akiva mentioned, and uh, R.I.P. Sam, uh, he uh, died. Actually, uh, it, you know, it's all all this week in uh, in Ape History, born December 23rd, 1989, Died December 24th, uh, 2010, age, age 21. Oh, he could just go to bars. Mm-hmm. Now, he guys, does... Is there anybody in this movie who isn't dead? Can you stop reading? Jason Alexander is alive. Pages? He's with us. That's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, I think he was on Baywatch, Akiva, but he never, I think, was in another feature. Mm-hmm. The orangutan uh, was in Baywatch? Yeah. Oh, uh, he was. Yes, according to this. And also, listen to this, Lita. Did you know that he had an odd quirk, Sam the orangutan? He passionately disliked bare feet and would chase anyone from his enclosure or spit at them if they were wearing sandals or flip-flops. I thought you meant like B-E-A-R. And I was like, how often did that come up? No. Um, uh, okay, bare feet. B-A-R-E. Um, he passionately disliked them. Well, that explains why there were so few bare feet in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, five star hotel. You probably wouldn't have a lot of flip flop wears walking yeah, keep around. Keep your shoes on for uh, Dunstan. That is, yeah, that is. Um, I would like to watch a documentary about how it doesn't have to be this movie in particular, like how they got him to act because they do get him to do a lot of things in this movie. Dunstan is a real animal for the people who are not watching this movie, unlike our second film. Like Dunstan and- is acting. Yeah, he's a real animal and he's like actually performing the scenes. He's not just like there and then once in a while we'll There's like, no stunt monkey. Not his head. Mm-hmm. I I have spent my whole life not thinking about how they get Dunstan to do these things because yeah. I'm adamantly anti animal cruelty. Um so I just like to think this is just a really good actor. So Dunstan also smokes in this movie, Akiva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Lord Rutledge is smoking, and uh, look, the Dunstan—he's uh, Dunstan, going to try it out too. Now, he's not a great role model. Uh, it's funny because Dunstan, like you think Dunstan's going to be like this lovable monkey, if you know nothing about the movie, and it comes in. You know, the movie starts, and it's like, oh, he's like—he's not a bad guy, but he like starts off on the ba- on the wrong team. Yeah. He's like uh, he's a troublemaker, but he he turns it around, Dunstan. That's because any abused animal will have behavioral issues, mm-hmm. and Dunstan. Not only smokes, but apparently has a, a long-standing habit because Lord Rutledge says, "I thought you quit." <laughs> um, so he, he's nobody ever said Dunstan was a role model. Mm-hmm. Okay? It was the nineties. It was the nineties. It was a little That's more. True. Yeah, we, we didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> he's, 
<laughs> casual smoker. He's not smoking multiple packs. Smoking was fine then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lita, could you explain the ownership situation at the Majestic Hotel and uh, the Dubrow family? Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, whatever. I yeah. don't know, Mrs. Mrs. Dubrow. Um, I, I mean, I can explain how the movie posits it. I can't really explain it in light of like the ending. So Mrs. Yeah. Dubrow is like the owner. Jason Alexander is the manager. And she comes in and she's like, we're going to have this crystal ball, which is like the event of the season. It's got the biggest, ugliest cake you ever saw. And we're, that's like what we're all getting ready for. And that's why Jason Alexander is so uptight about his kids. Like not, you know, he's like, as soon as you guys behave well and we get through this, then we'll go on vacation. But Mrs. Dubra hates kids, and so she like doesn't yeah. want him to go on vacation. He wants she wants him to just stay and get the six star or whatever. But I don't really understand the situation because then at the end, when she's like disgraced, Mr. Dubra shows up and seems to like have some other young hot lady who likes Dunstan, and he's like, "No, Jason Alexander, you stay." And it's like, what is the relationship between the Dubras here? Maybe hmm. they're siblings. I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good point. Maybe they are siblings. Yeah, because he has another woman, and and he's like, I be, I sent Mrs. Dubra to Alaska, which would be a strange move to like send your wife to Alaska because she was mean to the manager of your hotel. So yeah, maybe could she could he be her dad? Like I don't know. That's what I was thinking too. But uh, for those of you who don't know, Mrs. Dubra is Faye Dunaway, who like Faye Dunaway is not like elderly, but she's not like super young. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I don't really understand the situation, but she's the villain because she doesn't like kids and all she cares about is is the hotel and jason alexander work work working yeah i think people are nervous by the way faye dunaway still with us yeah uh i think they are supposed to be married i think that um that i mean i think we're trying to make it work but no i just think it's weird and they're married maybe he's he was like so uh, disgusted by the way that she treated Jason Alexander that uh, they divorced yeah. and he immediately moved on. Yeah, could be. Yeah, could be an open marriage. You don't know. It's possible. Yeah, and as part of the settlement, uh, he sent her to Alaska. <laughs> yeah, as part um, of the settlement is that how divorces work? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but he says he sent her to Alaska. So I the get movie. the house, and you get to go to Alaska. Uh, their five star hotel in Alaska. Yeah. Also, Lita, the family, Jason Alexander and the boys are planning a, a big trip next week to the uh, ever popular family vacation destination of Barbados. I mean, I, uh, rich people probably go on vacation to Barbados. Is I don't know. Jason I Alexander keep, uh, wealthy? Majestic looks like Motel 6 to you. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um... The, well, what I mean, well, it's. I think the implication at the end of the movie is that Bali is much nicer than Barbados, right? Is that I don't know. That's what they're saying. I've been to Barbados. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have any. It's strong... a very popular vacation. Maybe I, for, yeah, the, I, for the elite. My, my my question is if if the if the what's it called the 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 ball what's the ball called again? Crystal ball. The crystal ball. The crystal ball. If it's the biggest event of the year, why is the manager of the hotel thinking he's going on vacation? During the biggest event of the year, no, like, why he's was he going on vacation right after. You, he just needs to get through ah, the crystal ball. Ah, he's got to get through. He, the crystal she ball. wants him to stay after so that he can be in the magazine photos when they get the six star. Mm. Is and is he? Um, is this like right after Christmas? Because they talk about Christmas at the beginning of the movie, Do but they? it's not really clear. I, yeah, at the beginning they mentioned something about like, well, for Christmas something something happened. I don't know. It's because I thought I don't know why I thought this would be a Christmas movie. Also, yeah, um, I don't well, know. It, it can be if you 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I think that they had mentioned O'Hara. that uh, Mrs. Uh, Dubrow had fired somebody at Christmas time. I think that that's uh, was just a like a character moment. Is that a is that a, a good sort of management style? Also, where she says to ba- Jason Alexander, basically, like, if we get the sixth star, you get a huge raise, and if not, you're fired. Like that's such mm-hmm. a movie trope, right? Does anybody <laughs> say that in real life? Where like you're either getting a massive raise or immediately you're out of here, depending on this one thing that's completely out of our control. Yeah, that's what that's how all service jobs work. Every day when you go into waitress, they say you either make this amount of money or you're fired. It's actually like really. Why if you make that amount of money, you're the manager now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, actually, and also if you kill the manager, you become the manager. So it's like a lot of (laughs) politics that go on there. (laughs) All right, we're seeing a little bit of that. uh, What goes on behind the scenes at the hotel? And uh, Brian, the the older kid that uh, Lita, he has a relationship with the head of security because he's kind of like watching uh, who's coming in and out of the hotel on the security cameras. Little bit of, uh, you know, not great, I think, from Brian. Yeah, so there's a couple moments in this movie that don't necessarily hold up. Watching women in bikinis on the security cam. Mm -hmm. um, Not necessarily something that would hold up. Uh, Also, I felt that, um, what was the name of the Beetlejuice guy? Otho. Oh, <laughs> well, that's, that's a <laughs> the actor. But okay. Oh, yeah. He's uh, Lionel. Lionel Spaulding. Lionel Spaulding. The, Glenn Shaddix is his real name. Okay, I got so many names to, to answer that question that I was not looking for. But anyway, the Lionel. Uh, I felt like the heart of most of the comedy in this movie was like a fat guy falling down, which is mm-hmm. like not necessarily like the most. Uh, progressive form of comedy. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know really like what, I guess they just wanted to be like, oh, like Brian's a horny teenager. That's funny, right? But it's just sort of like we need to establish that he's kind of a scumbag. Yeah. I think that's really his only character trait. I don't yeah. think that's. Yeah, they needed to give him a character trait. So it's like, what if he's really horny? That's basically it. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's not an unrealistic character trait. I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. By the way, Rob, the Seinfeld stands will will get on us. Um, Otto, who is uh, we said his real name is Glenn Shaddix, was Harold the landlord in uh, the Apartment season two of Seinfeld. Oh yes, yes, I do remember that. Uh, so going back to uh, Dunstan, we see Dunstan. He gets beeped by uh, Lord Rutledge to go and steal jewels from Mrs. Della Croce. Am I pronouncing that right, Lita? Yeah, so if you haven't seen this movie, Dunstan is a jewel thief. I guess we should explain that. Yeah, I buried uh, the lead. <laughs> um, Lord Rutledge is posing as a guest at the hotel. Well, I guess he is a guest at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, he is there to steal jewels, to use Dunstan to steal jewels from people. Yes. Uh, he has a very high-tech system on his computer where he can hack into the mainframe and all of that. <laughs> to, to, where everybody's jewels are registered. Yeah, in his d- database. So Dunstan sneaks in through the windows um, because he is a monkey and he steals the jewels in his fanny pack. Yeah. So Akiva Dunstan mm. has a fanny pack to help him carry his jewels in. Had Ooh. Dunstan had instead of a fanny pack cargo pants, do you think that he Ooh. would have been uh, mercilessly mocked? Uh, but he would have gotten a lot more jewels mm-hmm. than he could fit in the fanny pack. I mean, it, from just Mrs. Della Croce alone, she had so much stuff. He, he couldn't fit that in, lot, the, in the fanny pack. Um, Lita, yeah. Dunstan, when he gets into the room, uh, goes uh, on, you know, uh, on a few different 
uh, directions here. Uh, one especially disturbing part was when he finds all of Mrs. Delacroce's uh, fake things, including her dentures, and then drinks the water from her <laughs> dentures. It's the very first thing, yeah. for some reason. So <laughs> this scene is really confusing because... You go into it thinking like, oh, Dunstan is like trying to sabotage Lord Rutledge because he takes like a piece of gum that's wrapped in like really shiny paper. So it's like, oh, like either he's really dumb and think like Dunstan is a bad jewel thief and just takes anything shiny or he like doesn't want to be bad. So he's just taking like um, like the top off of like a really nice bottle that's just like, you know, glass or whatever. But then and you see him drink the water and drink all the perfume and stuff and waste a bunch of time. But then he does take all of the jewels. So it's like, mm-hmm. I guess you're trying to establish like he's a stilly monkey, but also he's a jewel thief. Yeah. Does he drink champagne also in this movie or am I getting that confused? Or was that Ed? I don't remember Ed drinking champagne. Um, I remember Dunstan uh, ro- somersaults into champagne bottles that are set up like bowling balls, mm-hmm. uh, bowling pins. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I do think he does drink champagne. I think maybe when they and check he's not in... 21, unless, you know, they filmed this on that one day. <laughs> well, what about monkey years? Oh, that's true. I don't yeah, know how that What works. is the ape drinking age? Do we know that? Good question. Yeah. All right. Uh, he steals everything. He hits the jackpot. He goes to the roof and runs into the, uh, the younger kid, Kyle, who is walking the dog of uh otho uh aka lionel spaulding uh the dog's name is neil uh it does seem as though neil tries to commit suicide it really does and every time i watch this movie i'm like oh yeah i forgot the dog dies but then (laughs) the dog is fine the dog jumps off the roof and lands in garbage which like then Otho is all upset about it and Jason Alexander is so mad and it's like maybe don't trust a six-year-old to watch your dog (laughs) yeah Akiva also people uh, survive very great falls in this movie yes yeah um the kid falls like down a zillion flights at one point I think Dunstan has a big fall yeah nobody dies i believe if i'm not mistaken no one dies in this movie yeah i think that's okay if you like jump off a a building and land in like um if you like fill like a trash bin with towels i think you're fine yeah if you if you fall 20 stories but land it land in a laundry basket in a hotel (laughs) obviously famously you do not die it's a kids movie but they have one very well-placed holy shit from jason alexander uh when he sees the uh when he sees dunston for the first time Mm -hmm. that's that's another interesting point, right? The star of the, the the technical, like the star of the movie and Dunstan do not meet until the literal end of the movie. Yeah. As I guess that's part of the plot. Maybe Jason Alexander um, didn't want to work with the monkey. Like maybe that was ooh. part of like the selling point of like, hey, all right, we got this big, big this big comedy. You come in, you're doing all the scenes with people. You never have to see the ape until the like way of one scene. He works very closely with that monkey, though, because he's like really all over him when they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your trailers are at opposite ends of the lot. Like you'll never have to interact with him at, at like uh, food and beverage. He like, also fine. spoons with Dunstan. Oh yeah, that's true. That is true. He does. <laughs> he does have the moment in the bed. Yeah, it's pretty intimate because mm-hmm. he thinks he's asleep and he thinks that it's his kid in bed with him, and it's uh, actually just a giant monkey ape. Sorry, mm-hmm. don't at me. Um, we see at nighttime where uh, the the younger son Kyle 
He's uh, there's a lot of peeing in both of these movies. Uh, we're gonna see uh, Kyle. He goes to the bathroom and he's holding like a Spider Man, and Dunstan is like pulling the Spider Man while the kid is trying to use the toilet. Yeah, that's mostly how I meet most of the monkeys in hotels that I meet. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's and- not that shocked. My my sons were like, "Does the kid actually have to be peeing?" Like they were very they were very curious of like he also the doesn't actor watch the peeing. No. Yeah, he doesn't watch his hands after. But I guess he's about to touch a monkey for the next three days, so I'm not sure. Nobody's really going to be clean. <laughs> so the, uh, Jason Alexander doesn't believe, uh, Kyle, that there is a, a monkey in the bathroom, and then he sets up a bunch of traps uh, with fruit, and then Dunstan just raids everything. He goes into the bedroom, he sleeps in the bed with uh, Jason Alexander, and then leaves with the videotapes. Yeah, the Kyle tried to catch him on video, but Dunstan stole the uh, video camera. Yeah, yeah. And they end up uh, taking, or Dunstan takes everything, and then they end, end up going to go look for him uh, because uh, there's a fight with uh, Lord Rudd. This is where my notes are getting a, li- a little spotty here, Lita. Yeah, um, they have to find Dunstan because uh, Kyle at one point sees Lord Rutledge, yeah. like, mean to Dunstan. And so they're like, he's in trouble. We have to find him. But at this point, Brian, his older brother, still doesn't believe that Dunstan is there. He goes with him because Kyle's like, I'll do your chores for two weeks or whatever. Um, so he goes and they, they try to find Dunstan so that they can rescue him from Lord Rutledge. But nobody will believe that Lord Rutledge is a bad guy because they think that he's the spy from the like agency that's going to give them their sixth star. Mm-hmm. So they're all treating him like he's like a god, yeah. and so they won't uh, they won't stand up to him, including Jason Alexander. Yeah, the, uh, Rob, the kid says to to his brother, also like, "I need three months allowance." Also, as part of this, like, to ki- I, which had me thinking because I have a bunch of kids. The kids get allowance nowadays. Lita's a lot younger than us; she might know the answer. Is that still a thing for people? I got like allowance. I got allowance. Well, I was I was born in the 90s so maybe it was a 90s thing but mm-hmm. i got allowance until i was 10 years old until i was in fifth grade wow mm-hmm. their parents sent her to work i don't know i i don't remember yeah like my my kids don't get i don't ever like they never like hey my friends get like if they need something you know i need to go buy something you know you make a decision but i don't i don't know if kids still do get an allowance i wonder where that's from where it's from or why like they, when it stopped like when it stopped or like if it i don't know if, I, if I it was like as we become more of a cashless society i feel like mm-hmm. you don't have as much uh just like a uh, cash around the house you so don't you give venmo them the amazon password or something <laughs> venmo your kids yeah, yeah you don't venmo them five dollars every week my my niece uh who's who uh was saying that her grandmother who's not my kid not related to me um gives her her Amazon password. They call it Gramazon, and she could just buy whatever she wants Wow, from her Amazon. Gramazon. I guess that's like, a, that's like the modern day allowance. You just get Gramazon. Just buy whatever you want. I'd like to get Gramazon. I know, I would. I would too. I'm going to ask I'm gonna ask the lady. I was on a Zoom with her this week. I should have been like, hey, what's, mm-hmm. your, what's your Amazon password? I'd like to get into this Gramazon thing. I mean, if she's a grandma, it can't be that hard to guess. <laughs> True. <laughs> Hack. It's like Hacking her uh, password. Yeah. Much like Lord Rutledge, you think you could hack Lord into Rutledge. Grandma's uh, account? No, well, Lord Rutledge because, could hack into anything. Mm-hmm. It's funny because this is 1996. Like this is like, do you remember your internet situation in 1996, Rob? Like, were you on AOL even? I think my parents had AOL. Yeah, but this is like so advanced. Like all of whatever he's doing on the computer, even just having your own computer. Like he has a laptop basically. Mm-hmm. 
in his room, which I'm sure costs like ten thousand dollars, but still, like that was you know pretty advanced. That's like futuristic technology. I don't think a laptop costs ten thousand dollars in 1996. Yeah, I've never, I never, you never saw a laptop in 1996, though, Rob. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there, I don't think there were a lot of. You couldn't just like walk into whatever stores sell computers. Then I think and, like, you buy could. A laptop. I, I think you really think you could. Yeah. How much, Whatever right, stores sold computers. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't know, know because those stores are probably like out of you know. I, I, I would value. think it would cost about like twenty five hundred dollars for uh, for, for a laptop. Oh, laptop. You know what laptops cost? Mm-hmm. It, it, would be exp- it would be expensive, but it, it, what, you, you know, you're not talking like that. This is like a so so the what is this alien technology that you have? No. Also, do you think the Majestic had Wi-Fi? Like, how is he getting on there? No, they probably have to plug into the, like, uh, phone lines there. Oh, God. <laughs> the path sounds so hard. Yeah, it was tough. It yeah, was tough. Not easy. Um, Lita, I want to talk about the situation at the Majestic Health Spa. Because I think Absolutely. there I is there are some health code violations that are going on at the Majestic Health Spa. Name one. <laughs> well, that it seems as though one of the patrons of the massage parlor is asking for services that I don't believe should be offered by a five or six star hotel. Well, Mr. Delacroce didn't come on this vacation, Rob. So <laughs> it's not going to stop Mrs. Delacroce. Pretty, pretty sure anything can happen with William in that massage room. Yeah. Akiva, did the scene in the massage room uh, go over well with the children? But what happens again? Well, oh, <laughs> the massage room. Oh, sorry. I, I, you know, I thought you were talking about the the what's it called room. Yeah. The, so that was a little bit awkward. Uh, it was just me and my boys in there. So I think they were maybe like too young to to like, you know, for it to bother them. I, so they were just laughing. But like the idea of the monkey was jumping on them. I guess like the butt stuff was a little... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, let's clarify yeah. that, please. All right, so <laughs> Mrs. Delacroce is getting a massage from like a hot masseuse guy, and uh, she asks him for the special oil, Lita. Uh huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's very musky. That's why she doesn't notice when <laughs> the special places with him. This is uh, the special oil. He goes to get to get it. Meanwhile, Dunstan checks in. And then uh, checks into the massage room and then goes right to work. He seems like, uh, is he trained in uh, sensual massage? Um, maybe there's some, there's some shiatsu training and wherever mm-hmm. he's from. Uh, yeah, he's sort of uh, jumping on her back, smacking her butt, which is what I came mm-hmm. by the monkey doing butt stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's loving it. She's saying, She's saying to do it harder, and she yeah. she loves it. She loves it. So then uh, Dunstan checks out, and then oh the, mas- the masseuse comes <laughs> back, and he's very confused about this whole what's going on here. Yeah, because she she kisses him on the mouth because she thinks that he has initiated um, some some adultery. Mm-hmm. The yeah. And then it cuts away. We don't know where, where the story very goes from 90s there. Also, it's like the sort of like grab the person's face in, boom, end of scene. Especially in, a, I guess, a, it's more of a PG movie thing, maybe. Like, you know, how far are we going here? But yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Faye Dunaway definitely had uh, no nudity in her contract. What, what like consent <laughs> wasn't invented yet in the 90s? No, that- no, I'm saying, I'm saying, oh, oh you mean because he's not consenting. I just mean in general, 
I feel like this guy's going to be down for it. I just think, um, oh. I, I just, I just think that it's like it's a PG movie. We've already. I gone. thought I thought you meant grabbing someone's face and. Oh no 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 no! I, I just meant the, I meant the smash cut away. I meant the smash cut away from like yes. the love scene. I see. I see the uh, directorial transition. Yeah. By the speaking of the director, uh, Ken Quapis is the director. I don't know if uh, you guys recognize his name, but. He is basically the main. Not, I mean, the Office was directed every episode by somebody different, but he directs the the pilot and the finale of the Office and a bunch of memorable episodes uh, in between. He's more of a TV guy now, but at this point, he's doing uh, he's he's doing feature film. I, this may have like turned him off from movies. So I think he only does one more after this, and he goes I mean, to TV. NBC must see TV. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, they, there's so many connections here. He actually he did uh, the Beautician of the Beast. Rob, did you ever see that right after this with Fran Fran Drescher? I believe I heard of it. Lita, you never saw that. I know you it's were cool. two when it came out. The Beautician and the Beast. It's uh, it's Fran Drescher is a uh, is a like a I think a beautician who like because who goes goes to like a fake Eastern European country to like help out with Timothy Dalton's kids, and it's a rom com, like mm-hmm. a very stupid rom. Okay. Well, if it's uh, and, a made-up European country, it's probably a Christmas movie. Yeah, and he and he did uh, Sister of the Traveling Pants. Ken Quapis. Ah, I love those movies. All right, things are going to start to take a turn here as uh, we're going to bring in somebody specifically to handle the Dunstan situation, and that is going to be Paul Rubens here, a rare non-peewee sighting here for Paul Rubens, Lita. Are, are you a fan of Paul Rubens in this film? Uh, in this film, in Pee Wee Herman, maybe not so much in life based on some uh, news stories about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was a huge Pee Wee Herman fan um, when I was a kid. So uh, I love him in this movie. I think he's really funny in this movie. I think there's way more threats of gun violence in this movie than I remembered uh, on this watch. But uh, yeah, he's he's the like hotel on call monkey hunter i guess <laughs> yeah um, it may have been a while since his like last call i feel like also yeah although although he tells the story about a turtle that he saw so maybe he's just like an all as big he's as like a volkswagen ex- he's a, yeah he's an exterminator for like non bug animals yeah although they probably also need an exterminator for bug animals if they have this monkey running around in new york of mm-hmm. all places um paul rubens is not doing a lot at this point in time that he ends up like uh you know after like the you know uh the heyday of peewee herman he's only in a couple of things he's in a uh he shows up in batman returns as the penguin's father then he's in uh he does a voice in the nightmare before christmas He's in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, I think this is the movie, not the uh, TV version in 1992. And then it's three years since the last thing he did. And then he shows up here in Dunstan Checks In in 1996. Well, he had had the indecent exposure thing. I, I For some reason, I thought that was after this, but that's in 1991. No. Yeah, 91. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe he has a second scandal later on, uh, which is worse, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, yeah, this is the very short period in between his his scandals um but i guess yeah he was laying low and this is like you know like you say he's not he's not a peewee character here he barely you know if you're not a big peewee head you might not even know it's him <laughs> yeah he's great he's on big. dirty rock in the one episode he's in yeah oh he's back now right i believe he is he is uncanceled is that is that correct like I mean, right now whatever he, he, he's, he he's, could be like yeah he's in a lot of things he's working he's in a lot uh, of things quite, he's quite working quite a bit paul rogan 
Yeah. Um, yeah, this is distinctly on Pee Wee Like. He's very I think that he's uh he has the most like obviously comic relief role in this movie though, besides the literal monkey. Mm-hmm. He's brought in to uh take down Dunstan. Literally, with a gun. He walks mm-hmm. around the whole movie with a gun. It's crazy. Yeah. Several different guns. He's got a yeah, shotgun at one point, he's got a tranquilizer dart gun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is, movie is in New York City. I don't know. Well, the 90s were different. I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, Akiva, he claims that a lot of people are flushing orangutans down the toilet. Uh, and that's where, and they're living under the sewer. Uh, yeah. I, I think fact check, even in a nice <laughs> hotel like this. I don't think the toilets are big enough for that. Uh, Lita, this hotel seems to have quite a extensive, like, uh, conservatory greenhouse jungle area. Yeah. Is that not common in New York? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I haven't got, seen it. It's got a massive natural habitat of apes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe in the middle of hotel, really nice hotels. Um, there's conservatories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they there's a chase scene. They end up uh, like a peewee is coming after Dunstan. They get chased into the base into the basement. Uh, Dunstan gets glass in his hand at one point. Also, he's yeah, bleeding. We have, a, we have a great scene where, uh, like, a twelve-year-old basically does uh, a glass removal from a monkey. He's like, <laughs> I, "Calm down, Dunstan. Like, I'm trying to work with you here." And, and excuse you, Brian. It could easily be twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. That's true. Brian is. Yeah, I don't know. Again, he does. I don't think he has an IMD. Like, uh, doesn't have a wiki. I'll check. If, I'll check if we could get his age. But yeah, he may be an adult. But it is funny that he's just sitting there, like. Pulling glass out of uh, a Rob, have you ever had to do that as a dad? Have you ever pulled glass out? No. One time I did. I feel like it's one of my. Okay, we had uh, one of my kids uh, stuck a pee up his nose, and then we Mm. had to like uh, get the tweezers out for that. I think it's like one of my like my wife. I'd say once a month has to take glass out of somebody's foot or something like that. God, my my dad has definitely had to take glass out of my foot before. Oh, but he's a doctor, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> this is why Dunstan the monkey hates bare feet. Okay. It's true. The glass That's story checks out. Yeah. If everybody was wearing shoes, everybody. right? No flip flops. <laughs> oh, age check fifteen in real life for Graham Sack. Mm-hmm. Graham Sack. <laughs> All right. So Akiva, here we go. That we have to figure out a place. Where do we put? Dunstan, okay, because he he can't stay with us. But hey, I just thought of something. We're living in a five star hotel. We he doesn't have to stay in our room. He can stay in any of the rooms. And so they check him into the hotel under. They look up a name in the yellow pages. Did you catch this? Sure. Yeah. What what is they, it? They, oh, I don't remember the exact. Yeah, name, it's Mister Nag. Yeah, fake Vietnamese name. Yeah. Yeah. The and joke it, is like Vietnamese names are funny, right? Well, Akiva, <laughs> I was thinking of you that the name the name is N G O C. I did I did catch that, yeah. <laughs> it was close. Yeah. Um I think also, yeah, that by the way, that is good, but why is this hotel of any vacancies the week of their you know, their biggest week of the year? Yeah. Maybe Jason Alexander's not doing a great job at this point. Let alone hotel. like the presidential suite. Yes, the mm-hmm. Egypt-themed presidential suite. Mm-hmm. Yes, that should be taken. <laughs> all like pyramids and sphinxes. Yeah, and the boys go up there with Dunstan, and then Lita, do they have like unlimited room service? Just because like their dad works at the hotel, 
Are, are they able to just order rune service 24-7 with no charge? Well, if they checked him into a room on sort of like the back end of the database that they somehow have access to, because I guess his dad has like grandma security, mm-hmm, grandma's Grandma. on security. Yeah. They sort of just log in. They must have like, I don't know, put in a fake credit card or something, and then they can just charge it to the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm also a little concerned about like the full size bottles of alcohol yeah, they're able to Which acquire. Dunstan does drink. I have a Dunstan opens champagne here. Yeah, so maybe Dunstan has an ID uh, that they can use. I, I'm not really sure. Um, they also like are able to get him into the room via the elevator when he's in a wheelchair wearing like a hat and a polio blanket, <laughs> but his whole face is like yeah. still visible, and the lady in the elevator is like giving him a look like that's a one ugly guy. <laughs> it's like Can I, can so I make a guess, Lita? Yes. That they tried to mask him more and the monkey was not having it. And they're like, all right, fine. No face covering. <laughs> like the, the monkey was like, well, you will not put a hat on. You know what I mean? Like, because they do have to deal with like, you know, they can't call the monkey's agent if he's like not listening. So I wonder if there was just like, all right, we're not, we're not bothering here. Like it's, it's going to be very stupid that like, obviously anybody can, you know, see that it's a monkey, but we're not, we're not dealing with that uh, and this guy up anymore. He's had a long day. That's true. It is hard to, uh, to get animals to wear clothes. Mm-hmm. Especially on their faces. Not for Dunstan. He does well, not for Ed. Yeah, yeah. Not for Ed, as we'll see in a few minutes. <laughs> Ed wears jeans all day. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we get everybody uh, up to the room. We're ordering a lot of room service. Akiva, you once famously said that people do not order banana splits anymore, but uh, Dunstan is here to prove you wrong. Uh, did I say that? Yeah. Well, this was also 1996. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that was the height, really the heyday. What, the heyday when we like were 19, at nine. we were at Ben and Jerry's in Minnesota, and you said yes. that people do not order banana splits anymore. Oh, well, didn't, um, and then Maddie's didn't, grandpa yes. uh, ordered banana split. Yes, Maddie's grandfather ordered. We uh, yes, we had a full ice cream tournament with uh, 32 different flavors of, of ice cream. And he ordered a banana split to go. The one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Banana split to go. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. Oh it's impossible. Did he have a chimpanzee back in the hotel that we were all staying at? That that's possible. <laughs> that is that is possible. We got to ask. Sorry, orangutan. Sorry, chimpanzee's the next movie. Yeah, no. I did I used to order banana splits a lot when I was a kid in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the thing, but it worked because. My brother's favorite flavor was vanilla. My favorite vanilla was chocolate. My favorite flavor was chocolate. My dad's was strawberry. So it's just like, is it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Split it up. Um, Lita, Paul Rubens is going to bring a dog into the festivities here. Is this a special like orangutan hunting dog? Yeah. So bo- both of the movies, we're going to talk about how bloodhounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's sort of like the natural foil to a monkey. Um, a monkey is sort of like, I do what I want. I am an independent animal and a bloodhound is very like loyal. They just track uh, for, for the person. So maybe it's sort of like their, their natural enemies. Um, but yeah, he brings in a dog because we don't have enough animals in this movie. <laughs> so Lord Rutledge, he is going to hack the system. He figures out, boy, Mr. Nagak is ordering a lot of banana splits he realizes that that's Dunstan. That's his MO to order banana splits from room service. And so <laughs> that they go up there. He ties up the kid, Kyle, in the bathtub. 
and <laughs> so messed up. <laughs> yeah, Akiva, the the kids are in distress here. Yeah. By the way, I did. I I do love when he figured out that uh, they were ordering all the banana stuff. I like that. Like, there's like a sight gag there where you see like, or you know, ordered like baked banana, like all the like, like crazy bana- like different banana foods, um, mm-hmm. uh, chicken soup with banana on the side. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It made me laugh. And he's, um, on, yes. the kid is on the phone like, yes, you heard me. Bananas. More right. bananas. Mm-hmm. I, if it was in New York City, just go to like any fruit store on the street. You get enough bananas to last your <laughs> lifetime. Um, I, yeah, they, they tie up the kid that is messed up. I, I do like the movies like this and Home Alone where like the stakes are that the bad guy is willing to kill a kid to get what he wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know it won't happen, but I like that the, like, it's, it's like very clear like he will murder this child just, you know, if it, if it gets him where he needs to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, would he have gotten away with this, Lita, if he would have just uh, killed Kyle here? I mean, Jason Alexander doesn't seem like a very hands-on dad. So I think it would take him long enough to uh, to find and report the, the missing child uh, that he would be able to get away, Lord Rutledge. I also don't really understand why Lord Rutledge is still there. Like... Mm-hmm. He gets all the jewels. Why doesn't he just leave after that? Hmm. Yeah, he should have aborted the mission. I, I agree. He could have left and been fine. I, I, I mean, I guess because he ha- doesn't have Dunstan, but I think at this point, Dunstan's a lost cause, right? Did he get the jewels back from Dunstan? He got the, he got everything no. in the fan so pack? Early in the movie. So much I'm not sure. That's good. After that, I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah, I know Dunstan goes to the roof and then he's trying to get back together with Dunstan. So, yeah, I'm not sure uh, that... Anyway, Dunstan spots Lord Rutledge. Uh, he tries to give him a hug. Lord Rutledge is going to take him back in. But then Akiva, he pulls a uh, Mike Tyson uh, with Evander Holyfield and uh, bites Lord Rutledge's ear. Uh, Lord Rutledge, I think, gets off easy here. Uh, I was expecting his ear to be ripped off. Yeah, I think I think uh, a monkey or chimp or whatever it is as big orangutan as big as uh, Sam could probably take off an ear without uh, without, you know. Flinching. By the way, is this pre Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield here? I think it's right before. I bet right? it is. It is before that. I think that that might also be 1996. Oh man, 96 was a great year for biting. I guess <laughs> a lot of biting uh, going on in 1996. Yes. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So then, uh, Dunstan and Kyle, they're they're on the run. They're gonna get out of there. They're going to go to yep. the ball. It's time to go to the crystal ball, Lita. Time to go to the crystal ball where uh, nothing can go wrong. Everything has to go just perfectly for the old majestic. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's dressed up. It's the crystal ball, the social event of the season. We also had another like a uh, shorter montage, Lita, of Jason Alexander, like cutting like a one string off of a thing. He's like, uh, you know, measuring how far away the cup is from the plate. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the even more boring version of like when somebody's trying on dresses and you're like, thumbs up and thumbs down but he's like looking at appetizers Mm -hmm. i feel like i'd be very bad rob working at like extreme luxury services like this like i'm not very exact you know Mm -hmm. i'm go. i'm trying to hit home runs but sometimes like i'd be very bad at like all right the plate needs to be you know like four and a half inches away from the fork i would be terrible at Mm -hmm. hitting home runs save that for the next movie save it for for the end talk (laughs) okay so 
the kids go back to Jason Alexander and they're trying to tell him about what's going on. I think that Jason Alexander had a very muted response to learning that uh, the uh, Lord Rutledge tied me up. Like, I feel like that he's like, he he did that. Oh, well, all right. Uh, he will punch him later for that. But I felt like that the initial response I, I thought was, you know, very tepid at best. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is that Jason Alexander is a really bad parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been established kind of over and over again. Um, but also, Kyle, um, I also probably wouldn't believe a six-year-old that told me that there's a monkey in the hotel that I have yet to see proof of. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, this guy I hate, like, tied me up or whatever. But this is why I'd be a terrible parent. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Akiva, if one of your children told you that a, uh, a another person had tied them up, uh, what would your reaction be? I mean, I just like tell my wife, and then she did. She'd end their lives. I feel like, yeah, yes. Yeah, so similarly, yeah, I think that I'd be like, huh? Okay, well, let me see. Maybe there's another side to the story. Uh, yeah. But where my my, my my wife would like instantly like uh, yeah. kill a person? Absolutely. Like, yeah, on site. It's it's like what the it, sometimes your kids will come home and they'll say like, all right, the teacher, you know, called me, you know, whatever. It's like, well, what did you do? Yeah, but, you know, yeah that's exactly that's my right. Response. Yeah, my wife's like, all right, let's go to her house right now, burn yeah. it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's a whole there's a whole uh, battle that's gonna end up uh, ensuing. Uh, this is where things are starting to get a, a a little fuzzy for me, Lita. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So the the main. Thing that you need to know is that there's a bunch of different parties that are searching for Dustin. So Kyle and Brian, D- Dunstan, Kyle and Brian are searching for Dunstan because uh, they want him to be like safe. Lord Rutledge is searching for him because uh, he, you know, wants to to get him back. Uh, Paul Rubens is searching for him to kill him, and Jason Alexander is searching for him so that like whatever the crystal ball goes well or mm-hmm. what have you because Jason Alexander now also uh, is aware of Dunstan um, yeah. because they had a fight in the conservatory um, so yeah there is a lot going on everything is like trying to to go well but Dunstan is going under all of the tables other people are diving under the table and then Jason Alexander and Lord Rutledge start having a physical fight in the kitchen mm-hmm. during which they use a lot of different like there's like a lot of slapstick. They use like a giant whisk that vibrates. <laughs> um, the Lord Rutledge is going to like smash a bottle of wine over his head, but he's like, no, that's like a really nice port or whatever. And <laughs> Lord is like, ooh, and then puts it back. He will murder a child, but draws the line at wasting right, nice wine. Right. That's why I wasn't sure if he might actually be a food critic, Lord Rutledge. Yeah, maybe he is. And it's just not yeah, really. He's a Lord. Um, Akiva, there is one point in uh, all of the party going that I thought was very interesting. So there's a woman who's wearing like a uh, a mink stall at the yes. uh, and it gets commented on a couple of times. Uh, Paul Rubens uh, talks about it, says that, uh, yes, a mink, uh, that's part of the weasel family. Uh, but then th- another party goer is uh, very upset about this. And she tells the people at her table that sh- how could somebody wear fur? Uh, very, this upsets me greatly, and I carry around photos with me to show you the mm-hmm. process of making fur, and then it has like a handout for her table, and mm-hmm. that maybe in you know modern times, maybe you could bring this up on your phone. But I thought this was uh, absurd. This woman is she has the picture carrying photos. Then, it doesn't really go places, right? Because then, like her her sort of storyline ends 
in two seconds when the monkey hits her under the table and she assumes it is uh, our comedic foil uh, good old what's his nose <laughs> Lionel Spalding and slaps him. Okay, so first of all, I always carry pamphlets with me about animal cruelty. <laughs> Do yes. you really? No. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I wouldn't, you know. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I don't carry handouts. Um, but uh, so I, I felt like this would have made sense if it was like Oh, those poor animals. I respect all living creatures. And then she like saw Dunstan and like punched him in the face. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Too. That would have been the joke. But mm-hmm. instead of like, like, oh, I respect and love all animals. And then she just like thinks that she's being sexually harassed by Ortho or whatever mm-hmm. his name is. Yes. Yeah. Hey, not Ortho. Um, <laughs> Otho. <laughs> um, but yeah, he. Yeah, but that is funny, right? Because right, if she looked under the table and saw Dunstan, that is a great moment of like, all right, mm-hmm. like, do you really love all animals? Because you got a monkey right now by your feet. We could have uh, punched. Yeah, the it doesn't. Up. Yeah, yeah. Does she punch the monkey or something? <laughs> but like, it doesn't. Really, that's a good point. It doesn't really pay off. Comedy is really in the unexpected. So when you think there's going to be a joke and then there's not, that's actually yeah. the next level. That's true. Comedy. The highest level of comedy is yeah. no joke at all. The writer of Dunstan checks in uh, did not really go on to write many other things. Uh, nothing what? else that you uh, would really know. Hmm, I found that John actually. Hopkins. We started a college afterwards. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really more of a medical guy than a comedy yeah. guy. Yeah, no, yeah, he was yeah. Not, yeah. Okay, um, yeah, maybe it's. A, but I, I think the movie is that, that's interesting because Ken Kwap is such a pro. I think you could argue this movie is better directed than it is written. Like Lita said, there's a lot of like funny moments, but there aren't a lot that are, but that are more like gags, which are probably more likely to be put in by a director versus the actual dialogue, which even she is maybe the biggest fan of this movie on earth. It admits like there aren't a ton of great one-liners. So that's a good point, actually. Mm-hmm. That's more direct director-centric than writer-centric. Uh Jason Alexander uh is going to end up uh getting fired by Mrs. Dubrow. Uh that they're also gonna be uh the tranquilizer dart is gonna go off and hit Otho, who's gonna fall into Mrs. Dubrow and knocking her into the cake. Am I missing any of the big story beats here for the big finale? By the way, the cake is fake until it's like actually cake and then it's something really gross. Like the cake looks repulsive once it's out. Yeah. But the cake itself is like plastic until, right? Like they didn't bake this enormous cake. It's like a fake cake. And then, and then there's like stuff in this cake once. Yeah, they like fall uh, on it and then like the next shot, they like cover them in icing. Well, yeah, all movie cake is just like sculpted frosting. (laughs) Right. Um, I think the only other thing that's like a big. Uh, beat in this uh, final sequence is Brian coming in to help his dad and his dad being like that's my boy mm-hmm. also the idea of Jason Alexander winning a fight seems so unlikely like Rupert Everett would kick Jason Alexander's ass let's be honest <laughs> that's, that's like Rupert Everett's winning this fight Jason Alexander's not so big I don't know how but it's funny also Rupert Everett the bad guy in this movie uh, is about to blow up right this is right before my best friend's wedding, which is like this his is biggest that? star turn. Yeah, it's like a year okay. beforehand. This was his so big break. Right, yeah, they couldn't have got him uh, a year from now, probably. This is his, about to be his big star turn. Because I was going to say, I was surprised that he was in this when I revisited this as an adult for the first time. Because obviously, when I'm a kid, I don't know who like any of these actors are. Um, mm-hmm. And I have now seen my best friend's wedding, and he's like so lovable in that. I feel like mm-hmm. so. I mean, it's been he's a not usually the bad guy in movies. I don't think. Yeah, it, but it's weird. He he does a really good job in this. He's very terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So 
ultimately, uh, Jason Alexander, they're they're fine. They're gonna they think that they might end up going to go live in a Motel Six, uh, but Mister Debro ends up, uh, I guess, hiring them to stay on. But he has a different idea. He wants to go work uh, someplace uh, someplace else. Going to go work in Bali. Yeah, so like Dunstan is gonna have to be sent to a zoo is like where because Jason Alexander's like he can't live with us, whatever. Like tell that to Matt LeBlanc, but he says that he can't live with us. He has to go to the zoo, and Kyle's all sad. But then uh, Jason Alexander's like, I want to work somewhere with less responsibility. Like this is my dream job, but now I've done it. So they go to Bali, which is like where orangutans live. Probably I didn't Google it, but probably they did, and. Dunstan gets like a wife and a kid and like can yeah. still pull his hijinks at the majestic Bali. Yes. Uh, I mean, what's the orangutan situation in Bali? That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. No I also like, how did they get him there on the plane? I would like to know too. Mm-hmm. Like, is this a private jet situation? Like the hotel's paying for them to go private because I'm not sure if you could just check in, you know, an orangutan guy. <laughs> he checks in. That's what he does, Akiva. He's oh, Dunstan. Right. He li- literally what he does. <laughs> that is his thing. But, Orangutans are only found in rainforests of Borneo and Sumatra. Hmm. That's not that's not hmm. Bali. Bali's in Indonesia. So okay. hmm. I think the question at the heart of both of these films are uh do primates have free will to be able to do whatever they want in human society? Yeah, and should they think be that's able what they were trying to answer. Yeah. I think both of these well, films ask that question. Mm. Well, it's a, it's a much different answer, I think, in Ed. First of all, I, one of the interesting things about both these movies is like, he's not like, uh, Dunstan's not like omniscient, but he's insanely smart. Dunstan always knows what you're asking him, right? He like, I mean, he, I don't think he can't like read or write and yeah. speak. He's like, Chewbacca. Not that, of. Yeah. Not that we know of. He does make a noise at the very end of the movie. He doesn't really make any noises before that. Ed makes that. a lot more noises. Ed makes, Ed is much more noisy. But, <laughs> but uh, Dunstan is, is like at least as smart as like the smartest person in the movie. Probably more. Like, who's the other? Who's the second smartest person? That's like, a good question. Like, nobody smart, in this movie is ranking. smart. That's <laughs> true. There's nobody who's even like mildly intelligent. Maybe the little boy is kind of smart. I don't know, but like, yeah, there's almost right, there's almost no smart. It is, I guess, like most slapstick movies. It is a movie filled with dumb people. That's I I do like the that the boy. It may, maybe this is like something that is only a trope that's only applied to like female, uh, like little kids in movies. But I. Well, first of all, I don't like when kids are in movies. So uh, this movie, I would probably mm-hmm. only, I probably only love this movie so much because I saw it when I was a kid. Um, but I hate, especially when kids are like super precocious. Mm-hmm. And I did like that this kid was like actually like a kid and he wasn't super smart. Um, and I feel like maybe that's more like of a, a little girl trope. And we definitely see that in Ed, which is especially cloying. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What's right. like the best example of a super precocious kid in a movie? Oh, well, it's not a movie. Is it our friend Hermione? No, it's not Hermione. Um, <laughs> she, that's like a kind of a different thing. I don't know. Right. They're like at school or whatever. True. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's like April in Gilmore Girls um, or like mm-hmm. something like that. It's just like when, when a little girl is like super like I, I read books and it's like, how'd you learn that word? Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Most kids in any TV or film are, are terrible. I, I hate when they spend time with uh, anybody who's not an adult on a TV show. I mean, it's hard to get them to do things you want also, right? Like, uh, that, you know, mm-hmm. we, we talked last week about or a couple weeks ago about Family Matters and they just like 
would randomly write off a kid because yeah. it didn't really bring anything. Like, it's one thing if it's a kid's show, but if it's a show for adults, we don't need to spend time with uh, following the lives of the kids. Yeah, and Dunstan checks in as first and foremost for adults. <laughs> this is an adult <laughs> film <point>. about uh, <laughs> a, pl- uh, a hotel that you can go to for sensual massage. And, it's an uh, adult yeah. film about butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... All right, Lee, it would have been better than 13th that week at the box office if they had just put that as a tagline on the <laughs> Is there anything else that we should uh, make sure that we touch on in terms of a Dunstan checks in? Um, an actress had to agree to have a monkey lick her face in this movie. Yes. Um, and I'm interested in her story. Yeah, she was getting some sort of like a guacamole uh, facial. And uh, I mean, I've seen Big Ed do this on, uh, <laughs> on 90 Day Fiance the other way of uh, eat, eat your own avocado face mask. Yeah, oh, interesting. She's getting some sort of spa treatment where she has green stuff all over her face and cucumbers and Dunstan licks her face and she's like, Oh, is that a new like I don't know technique or whatever? No, and ma'am. I'm just, I'm just interested in that actress's uh, that actress's conversation with her agent. I did have I found the older son on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should have had him on. What's one question that we can ask him? Maybe we could have uh, we could ask send him one question on Twitter. Lita, hmm. is there something we need to ask the older son? Lita. <laughs> you know, I've never really thought uh, did, I would have this opportunity. Yeah, did he go mm-hmm. to Sam's funeral? Oh. oh, did he keep in touch? <laughs> did he keep in touch with Sam? That is a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a little dark. Like, um, <laughs> we used to do this sometimes on Seinfeld and on Curb. We'd like tweet at a person who wasn't like a prime because obviously, if you tweet at Jerry Seinfeld, it's not going to answer. If you tweet at like a one-time guest star who has five hundred followers, they might. Yeah, some, it was sometimes would be very nerdy questions like uh, in episode, you know, season three, episode twenty-two, okay. like. When you say you're going, so I do wonder, uh, yeah, if we're like, uh, so the monkey from Dunstan checks in, then you keep in touch with him afterwards. I feel, like I'm, getting, I feel like I'm getting does, blocked. does real life Brian have? I think a hundred, something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. All right. Well, let's talk about Ed, because uh, that we should do a whole other movie that we need yeah. to talk about. All right. Ed, uh, so Dunstan checks in January 1996, release date. March 15th, 1996. Beware the Ides of March uh, if you are Matt LeBlanc. So a second huge must-see TV star films a movie around uh, life with a member of the primate community. And that would be Ed, the chimpanzee, who plays baseball. I didn't realize this is so is this like Deep Impact versus Armageddon? When we had like the two asteroid movies in a, in like right in a row, we're volcano versus Dante's Peak. Like this is two monkey movies squaring off at the box office. Oh, I mean, it's the same no era. Yeah, yes, friends with benefits versus no strings attached. Famously, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is. Uh, I can tell you right off the bat who won this uh, movie. Uh, uh, Shut up, Tim asked us if we could name the MVP of these two films, the most valuable primate. Mm, yeah. Is there anybody voting for Ed or are we or is it a clean sweep for Dunstan, first of all? Yeah, Dunstan's a more lovable character than Ed. Yes. And Dunstan's also a monkey. Ed is Ed, yeah. Ed is an animatronic robot for most of the movie, right? It's 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 not a real I thought it was someone in a costume for part of it, but I it I is sometimes a person in a costume and mm-hmm. sometimes so scary. Monkey. Yeah. I'm so angry that I had to watch this movie. <laughs> so 
The Friends uh, cast uh, famously does not fare well in films. And I think mm-hmm. that like, uh, you know, Matt LeBlanc is going to find uh, some film success and Jennifer Aniston has, a you know, she has like a, a couple of, you know, hits along the way, but probably more misses than hits over her uh, storied film career, not counting a murder mystery, which we watched uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, we've also talked about her in Leprechaun as well. But uh, here we have uh, Matt LeBlanc. He also then was in another film also, which I feel like was also kind of a bust very early on in the Friends run. Uh, Lost in Space was going to be the follow-up to this. Uh, and that, I think, was also a, uh, a bust. Not to this level, but I think it was a bigger budget. And then uh, also, nobody cared. Yeah, this movie's budget is $24 million. For 1996, that's not like a summer blockbuster, but that's like second tier. This ha- you know, this is like a legitimate movie that a studio is, is like, you know, relying on to make money this year. Mm-hmm. And it made like $4 million back, right? Yeah, it made $4 million. It made a sixth of its, yeah. of its budget. I'm sure it did great internationally. Yeah. I feel like most of that budget was towards uh, Matt LeBlanc's hair dye. <laughs> Why is he blonde in this movie? That's or, like, true. Light brunette. Um, let me just also retract what I said. So uh, that I thought Lost in Space was more of a bust. It actually did make money at the box office. So I apologize. It was an eighty million dollar budget and it made uh, one thirty six at the box office. Freaks. Yeah, I've like, heard of Lost in Space. Yeah, but they like it didn't have a sequel or anything like that. So I think it was, it was a, more. It's a sixties TV show, right? That yeah. they that they did a movie off of. More, I think that you they thought it would be like a big scared. franchise, and it did not turn out to be uh, to be that. But it wasn't a total bust. Uh, unlike Ed, uh, which, uh, yeah, the budget was $24 million and made $4 million at the box office. Hard to do that. too many. Mm. Yes. Can, can I just, can we start off the beginning of this movie for a second? Because yes. I was very confused by it. I, I'm not sure if Lita is familiar with the movie Rookie of the Year. Rob, you've seen Rookie of the Year, right? Yes. Lita, have you seen it? I've never even heard uh, of it. Rookie of the Year is a, is a is a one of the charming baseball movies from the mid to late 90s where a kid... Uh, has an accident and then discovers that he can basically throw the ball faster than any pitcher on earth. He's like a 13-year-old named Henry Rowan Gardner. And he basically signs up with the Chicago Cubs and yada, yada, yada. 1993 film. Yeah. Okay, 93. Um, basically, the beginning of this movie is Matt LeBlanc, Jack Deuce Cooper, and I think they call, him Deuce, they call him Deuce or Coop during the movie, has never played any form of organized baseball before. Not in the pros, not in college, not in high school, not in Little League. But yet he's obsessed with baseball, we're led to believe. And he goes to this open tryout and he can, you know, throw, he throws the high heat. They're blown away by what, by um, how fast he could throw a fastball. They sign him to this like somewhat reputable minor league team. Yeah. You know, that's, I think, like a sprint, like, you know, belongs to a major league the Rockets. franchise. Probably. The Santa Rosa Rockets. Yeah. And then that's like barely part of the movie. Like you think, like, <laughs> all right, we're going to be along for this ride with Matt LeBlanc. I do not believe until the final pitch of the movie, Matt LeBlanc ever throws a strike in the movie, right? Every <laughs> single pitch he throws is hit. Some hard we, hit balls he, from... He's a choke artist. He's a choke that, artist, but that's his first game. If yes. he, yeah, except that like, he gets bad every single time, yeah, which if, is not if, choking. It's just not being good at baseball. He, Absolutely. It's, if I choked, if I showed up in a major league baseball game today, no, no, he gave no, 100 Kiva, runs. Yeah, he, he's a bit of an Edwin Diaz in that he's got great stuff. It's just yeah. very hittable for long home runs, but he throws yes. he throws hard and uh, they feel like that he has he has uh you know just a a great arm rocket arm 
Can yeah, I ask you guys a question? Because yeah. yes. I don't know anything about baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a real is cut day a real thing where somebody no. has to no. get voted out? Okay. <laughs> mm. I mean, in like yes, in in a major league team will cut people. I do not believe they'd call it yeah. cut day. And I guess to a lesser extent, a minor league team would cut people, but not 30 days into the regular season. It's that all like posting the cast list where everybody's like, God, I hope yeah. I get it. Yeah, well, <laughs> not in the middle of the season. They wouldn't do that in the middle of a, of a production. Be like, all right, half of you are gone. So we we've uh, all seen the movie. Uh, let's just at least give the synopsis here please. of what of what this film is about for people. So Matt LeBlanc of Friends, uh, nineteen ninety six. You know, we're going into uh, is this the the tail end of season? So season one's gonna be ninety four ninety five. So this is the back end of season two of Friends. So maybe he filmed this in between season one and two, and we're going to. Have Ed, as Akiva said, Rocket Arm gets signed to a team. Team is uh, struggling for uh, notoriety or something, and they end up getting a new, what is supposed to be a mascot, which is named Ed, which is a chimpanzee who is Mickey Mantle's chimpanzee. Do I have that right, mm-hmm. Akiva? So far, you're nailing it. <laughs> and, uh, he is uh, a team mascot, but he's insanely good at baseball. Uh, he plays third base and uh, is, uh, you know, great glove, good speed. Uh, he's got a great uh, plate discipline. And he never it, swings the bat, by the way, in the entire film. Yeah. Right? He walks in his only plate appearance. Yeah, he's more of he like should, a... He should have hit the monkey hit home runs. Yeah. I don't know why they why they sort of left that on the cutting room floor. <laughs> he's a little bit of like a... You're more of a Ray Ordonez uh, type of just <laughs> okay, fine. insane glove in the field. And uh, he is uh, Mickey Mantle's uh, uh, chimpanzee. And he's roommates with Matt LeBlanc. He because they drew straws for who on the baseball team has to to take him, and so Matt LeBlanc has to be roommates with him. Um, this movie also came out before Airbud, which mm-hmm. I could not believe because there's literally a scene in this movie where they're like, "Surely the monkey can't play baseball," and they're literally like, "There's no rule against it," which is mm-hmm. the plot of Airbud. Mm-hmm. Right, I think that's in the commercial, basically, of Airbud. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's funny. It is interesting because it's not a real monkey. Again, he never has to hit. He's like the fact that they hide him as a mascot. He never has to swing the bat. He does does walk, I believe, in his only plate appearance in the film. Yeah, like Matt LeBlanc is like at the beginning, we're like, oh, this is like a Matt LeBlanc piece, right? This is going to be all about Matt LeBlanc. But then Matt LeBlanc has to go pick up the monkey from a bus station. Like if he's supposed to be such a big deal for these minor league owners, they never like you know, the owners have nothing to do with the monkey. The, the monkey is completely under Matt LeBlanc's like, he's his roommate. He has to drive him everywhere. He's like his only friend. Uh, you know, the owners, these evil owners have like nothing to do with this monkey. And then they have a monkey playing third base and they somehow cannot monetize it at all, basically, other than like having people come to the ballpark. Like Pat they, stands he, for the Santa Rosa Rockets. Why doesn't the monkey pitch? That's my question. Why does he have to be a third baseman? Because Akiva, they can't have wait, him in competition with on. Matt LeBlanc because they have to be best friends. Are, are, true, true, are true. you critiquing this from the writing of the film or are you critiquing the manager of the Santa Rosa Rockets? Both. No, Lisa, Lisa's a good point. They can't both be pitchers. That wouldn't make sense for the plot. But like, I'm just asking why the Santa Rosa Rockets wouldn't have the the Yeah. You, the monkey throws so no. fast that like it burns a hole in your glove. Yeah. Why isn't he pit? The 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 monkey should be catching. 
Well, that's not a bad idea. Could never steal second on the monkey. <laughs> I can't believe we're having a referendum on what base edge should play. <laughs> yeah, I, well, no, I, I, like, I, I do yeah. want to talk about this. That uh, why why does why is Mickey Mantle's monkey play third? Would you wouldn't you think the Mick would have him he play the be outfield a fielder? Yeah, and also he is he is a minor. Lena just wants to take a nap. <laughs> just, I, this movie sucks. <laughs> Well, we're trying to fix it, Lita. The, yeah, the, the monkey. The not only is the monkey uh, he wears a Yankee hat the whole movie, oh, like a instantly unlikable. Hat. Yeah, unlikable. Like ninety like percent of the country now hates this monkey immediately. <laughs> They're not like the Yankees franchise, right? Minor league teams usually have a parent organization. It's, he gets signed by the Dodgers. Yeah, he gets signed yeah. by the Dodgers. So ostensibly, it's the Dodgers. Tommy Lasorda is in the climactic scene of the movie. So I like I immediately would freeze this monkey out in the clubhouse if he's wearing a Yankee hat. Mm-hmm. Also. I, uh, can we mention the name of this film, which uh, we've talked about this before when we talked about the basketball film, Eddie, also mm-hmm. 19, uh, 1996 was such a banner year for terrible movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Eddie, also a 1996 film, Ed, terrible title for yeah. this film. Terrible. terrible. <laughs> a monkey playing baseball. What do we call Awful. it? Ed, uh, 1996. Yeah. What, what should we have named the movie? Hmm. Just name the monkey anything else. Name the monkey yeah. Rocket. That's why he's yeah. the, the mascot or whatever. Like, I don't know. I yeah, Rocket's not a bad name. I just, I feel like I can't overstate how Uncanny Valley terrifying this monkey is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, very scary. It's not, I went into this movie being like, had a lovely Christmas watching Dunstan Checks In. Gonna mm-hmm. wake up this morning, watch another fun little monkey movie. Because even though I know it's gonna be like kind of a bad movie, like whatever, I think monkeys are really cute. I'm gonna love this. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, I don't think I can do 90 more minutes of this. Mm-hmm. I, hate it. I hate it so much. The monkey is not likable in this movie in the way that Dunstan is a rootable character. It's just, um, this movie is the odd couple but with baseball and a monkey and that's like it's that it's too silly. Yeah, I guess that is true. I guess like the Oscar is Matt LeBlanc and the Felix who messes up the house is Ed the monkey. Well, mm-hmm. except that they're both Oscar cuz That's true. They are both Oscars. It is both, two, you can't have a two Oscar messy. relationship. But it's like um, it's like oh this guy who's like from the farm in Oregon, Matt LeBlanc mm-hmm. is like a middle America farmer. This whole thing is very like American patriotism propaganda in that like the reason that he realizes that the monkey isn't so bad after all is that the monkey like stands for the national anthem when he's watching the national anthem channel on TV which is just the American flag waving and the national anthem playing. You don't get that channel? Yeah. Weirder than that was right before that the monkey is flipping through the channels and is watching Friends. Too cute. Too cute. (laughs) Friends exists in this universe, so we are to believe that Matt LeBlanc is just somebody who looks exactly like Matt LeBlanc, and nobody well, ever. Maybe that's why he it. dyes his hair blonde. Like, listen, Matt, there's going to be a scene in the movie where we see Rachel for a split second, so you cannot. It'll throw people off too much mm-hmm. if you look much like Joey. Yeah, yeah. Is, we're going to see Rachel true. and Marcel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also that the, they. 
have the problem here for uh, Matt LeBlanc's character in the film Rocket, oh, I'm sorry, Deuce, uh, that he is just overthinking everything, uh, that he just is thinking too much about baseball now that he's found this new pastime hobby of being a, a pitcher. He thinks about it too much. Uh, they call it uh, chokeitis is uh, what he's mm-hmm. uh, diagnosed with in the film. Yeah. Uh, That's what their manager or coach Chubb calls it. Chubb. <laughs> yeah. Chubb. Great, great character, Chubb. And then, but then you compare him to Ed, who is much more of like, sort of like, a, he doesn't overthink anything, Ed. Uh, he's more of like, a, you know, uh, see the ball, catch the ball. And yeah. really, monkey see monkey catch. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and if, if uh, Deuce could somehow end up uh, being a little bit more Ed like, it could change his career around. Yeah, it's very like Matt LeBlanc just needs to lighten up and hmm. Chubb is like, when is the last time you had fun? It's like he literally is hungover from going out drinking the night before. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to be like, when does he make time for fun? He can't ask this lady out because he's always thinking about baseball. And we, we're never given an explanation why this person who is like, uh, un, you know, unnaturally gifted has never played a single second of baseball in his life. Too busy the on the farm. Person- he has to yeah, work the on the farm. He's good friend. is his dad. Like, why is he showing up the thing? His father's like, have fun. And he says, of course, I'm gonna have fun. It's baseball. How would you know? You've never played baseball other than like, maybe a catch with your dad. You just said you've never played at any level, including Little League. Hmm. I don't even know why he shows up to this uh, to this tryout. How does he know he's good? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, his dad told him he's good. Like everyone's dad tells him they're good at baseball. I don't know if that, you know. Yeah, uh, it's a good question. Maybe he's just trying to make up for lost time. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's very strange. Um there there another crazy thing about this movie is that the announcer is also like the play by play the play by play guy is also the loudspeaker guy mm-hmm. in the stadium. Yeah. And so he's, he's Jim O'Hare like, from Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Jim O'Hare from Parks and Rec. He's being demolished the entire movie inside the stadium by the announcer who's just like completely criticizing him like, "Oh well, it's Deuce again. Like he's going to give up another homer." I've never seen that. It, it happens in a lot of movies, but I've never seen it in actual baseball. Um, Akiva, what do you think of uh, Deuce's uh, makeup? Uh, it seems like he's a two-pitch pitcher here as a starter. Do they need to uh, eventually convert him to a reliever? I think he is more of a reliever. Yeah, I don't think he should be starting. That's a good point. He's got one and a half pitches. They make fun <laughs> of his curveball. They say it doesn't curve. He probably, when he gets... By the end of the movie, spoiler, nobody should watch this movie, to be fair. No one should <laughs> go back and watch this film. But if you, if you are, spoiler... And by the way, Ed has a 2.7 IMDb, which is half of Dunstan Checkson, which is like a little harsh, but like, okay, yeah. that's a kid's movie. I think that's Dunstan Checkson is like yeah. Spice World level. Dunstan Checkson has 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is just like uh, <laughs> insulting. But, but it's infinity more than this movie, which is a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. with Dunstan Checkson. Where, yeah, yeah, that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and again, $24 million. They could have made a good movie here. They chose not to. They chose- Why didn't they use a monkey? <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess they couldn't have a monkey play baseball, but I, I'm not sure. My kids did like it. This movie, by the way, was so bad, it was nominated for a lot of Razzies. It was the wrong, worst screen couple was Matt LeBlanc and Ed the Mechanical Chimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did not win worst couple, worst screenplay, or worst picture, because um, uh, Strip T starring D- Demi War- Moore won some, some of them, and Pamela Anderson in Barbed Wire won uh, a bunch of them oh, also. okay. Good to so, know. Like, ugh, a hot girl is trying to act again. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Hot girl or monkey, they're out. The rest is. So yeah. the, the, the director of this film, Bill Cootery, if you think he's like, uh, he dabbles in like l- sort of low 
uh, sort of low, you know, grade fair or something, won an Oscar for a movie about uh, common thread stories from the quilt about the AIDS quilt. Oh, uh, he's coming off that, and he's like, "What should I do? I guess I'll make a monkey movie that's going to be <laughs> terrible and ruin my career." It's kind of like <laughs> when like, you read like a really heavy book, and then you're like, "Oh, I just need to read like something light." That's kind of maybe his fun. approach to making movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one um, for me, one for them. Yeah, he makes a Rosa Parks <laughs> documentary. He makes like a lot of Vietnam docs. Uh, Alzheimer's, but then he threw in his one movie, his one go at a major, you know, Hollywood motion picture was that. Well, this was about a serious social issue of not taking monkeys seriously as baseball players. Mm-hmm. There's a lot also about Ed's bathroom habits in the film. Uh, so much. Ugh. A lot about how yeah. Ed goes to the bathroom. First off, uh, Kiva, should should Ed be wearing uh, jeans? It's a big problem because Ed always needs to go to the bathroom and he is constantly wearing pants, which seem completely unnecessary. Uh, like, I for get this it when he's playing pants. baseball. Maybe, yeah. okay, he needs to wear a uniform. That's Probably part of the, the rules. That the, the commissioner will not like it if Ed does not wear a uniform sure. when he plays baseball. I get that. Yeah. Yes. In the apartment, I don't know why he has, like, he goes up, he, like, stinks up the bathroom early in the movie. At one point, they. What do you call it? Like him in crossing swords? I don't remember what they call no, it. I, I do not like, believe they cross swords. I do not believe that that happened. The at the same time. The, yeah, the peeing. They use it, the peeing one. That's, I forget what that's I think, called. I think you call, called call it crossing the streams. I think crossing, crossing stream. swords okay, I think is, it takes on a different okay. connotation. But no yeah. women were involved in the making of this. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, no question. There's zero. There, there are, we're certainly, they didn't let women on set for this movie. Um, no, there are two women in the movie. Their downstairs neighbor um and her and her daughter who thinks matt leblanc has a nice butt yeah um can i play the, a scene from the film please okay. please uh, film. Don't film. it's a movie uh, <laughs> i'd prefer you didn't but yeah. i'll allow it uh here is here is uh ed uh i'm sorry and I, um this is deuce returning from a jog uh as as he does and uh he's gonna have a run-in with the the love interest in the film's daughter Yes, we are. Are you gay? <laughs> All right. Who's so out of place? So out of place. <laughs> it's, it's such a, like a weird thing. It, it's like, it, uh, well, the only reason you could possibly not want to make it with my mom is that you're yeah, homosexual. It is true. I mean, I guess she has a lot of confidence in her mom. Like the only, yeah, no straight man would ever turn down <laughs> my mom. The, my mom the, who's a waitress at a ballpark and a single mother. Gee, what a catch <laughs> to a creepy the, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the kid is is really trying to get her mom uh, to date. I will say, the mom who I think is like a legit TV star, right? I think she's in Chicago Hope, which was like the knockoff version of ER back then. Mm-hmm. But really does not. And, and again, like Lita said, there's no women involved in making this movie. It's not like they're giving her great dialogue. <laughs> but I, you, you, you have zero. I'd say my caring rate about her is a zero on on the zero to ten scale. Like I do not care about the relationship. About her, I guess the daughter. Is like mildly entertaining, but but only in how like bad of an actress she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and this is basically the only woman in, in the movie. Yeah, it's nice that her daughter is not homophobic because she follows up that line with like, "It's fine if you are." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just you know, it's the only reason why you wouldn't be interested in my amazing mom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Akiva, she's on uh, Star Trek Discovery. It's like I saw a recent picture of her. I knew I knew her from somewhere. Yeah, no, she's had a real career. I yeah. just think this is not a. She does not want people to watch this movie. For Jane yeah. Brooke. So. 
uh, Ed, I'm sorry, I keep calling him Ed. Uh, Matt, Le, uh, Matt LeBlanc's character ends up going on a date with the woman, and uh, they leave this little girl and uh, Ed, the chimpanzee, together. Lita, who's babysitting whom? I don't care. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> that it's supposed to be like they'll look out for each other because she's precocious, and we know that Ed is like responsible or whatever, and then they just like destroy the house um it, it it's one of the i think 17 montages that yes. happen in this movie. yes a lot of montages uh, where, where they just like music is playing and they destroy the house and then music is playing and they clean up the house if this movie had no montages this movie would be 18 minutes long it is all montages yeah like we had jason alexander eyeing the tablecloth length but that was like maybe one of the old and the rune service thing but this is like they've got people cleaning they've got people practicing baseball they've got people um bonding with their monkey pals it's just like every other scene and also a lot of monkeys destroying property yeah in both films both like the films. whole time yeah. in, in dunce and jackson and this movie i'm like Oh, this is going to take like 30 hours to clean, and this is so much damage. Yeah. Like they both swing from every chandelier and every ceiling fan they could find. It's crazy. Ed and Dunstan. Yeah. That's their thing. <laughs> so, um, at one point during the uh, montage, uh, that Ed is going to wear a lot of costumes, uh, and then uh, he recreates uh, Madonna's early 90s look. Uh, yes. from the uh, Blonde Ambition World Tour, I believe. Uh-huh, yeah. He has the uh, the cone bra. <laughs> <laughs> Microphone? I I mean, he, he looks great. Uh, and the, the premise for why there's so much uh, sort of iconic fashion for them to wear. So the little girl is like, my grandma was like a baddie or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. think she says that, but like yeah. her grandma was like really nasty back in the day. <laughs> oh no. And that's why she has so many like slutty outfits. Mm-hmm. Uh also uh Jim Caviezel is uh, a member of the mm. baseball team. Jesus himself. <laughs> yeah. Could not save I this. I think film. The Caviezel is a member of the Mink family. <laughs> so ultimately, uh bad news. Uh we kick off the third act with Ed has been sold somewhere else, Akiva? Do, mm-hmm. do you know have the details on this? I think, yeah, he has a briefcase of cash. He says he sold Ed. We don't know to who. Again, like, this movie makes so little effort. They, I wonder if they just ran out of time. If they're like, maybe, either they ran out of the budget because 23 of the $24 million were like the animatronic Ed stuff, or, or if they just like, oh, Matt LeBlanc needs to be back on the friend set next week. We need to finish this up. Mm-hmm. with like a one long cut, Wrap it up. Know, 20 minute scene. Yeah. It, but it doesn't make any sense we there's no sort of motive for like these bad guys. We don't know what their plan is, other than maybe the circus, so they can send him to the circus. Yeah, because he, he's in he a clown had, outfit. Yeah, but it had to cost so much money to buy him because he's a baseball star. Like, shouldn't this be a couple million dollars minimum? Doesn't Ed yeah. have like very high value right now? You know, he's a baseball star because there's a montage of all of the covers of magazines that he's yeah, on. Yeah, he's famous. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way you could just like if they stole him. That's one thing. There's no way you could buy him for less than you know even whatever's in that briefcase, even if those are hundreds. Like, Ed should have a lot of value right now. The Dodgers want to sign. Yeah. Akiva, this film, I think, asks a very fundamental uh, sports question. Uh, Is being sold for cash considerations uh, considered kidnapping? That's a good question. I think 
Um, also, like the bad guys in the film, like the the team owner's son, who's like this Weasley loser. Well, we don't like get to know Jeff well Wilpon esque uh, character. Yeah, Jeff Wilpon esque. But like again, we don't know him enough to really care. Like we know that he's unlikable just because like that's what they cast. Yeah, Tommy Lasorda uh, hates him. And the bad guys are you know like we just don't at least like we saw what Dunstan checks in like we get we don't know what the real motivations other than just greed Rupert Everett has in Dunstan checks in. But like you get to know him, like you can't, you might not like him, but you care about him as a person. The bad guys in this movie are they're zero dimensional, right? We know nothing about them. They're just well, like there. It, it's uh, they just like uh, this movie. I don't want to say it should be longer because it should have been shorter, right? Mm-hmm. But they could have at least like given us a little bit of backstory on like who are the bad guys? Why do we care? There's obviously no drama because you know that Matt LeBlanc and Ed are going to come out. You know the winners in in the. Uh, in the scene where Matt LeBlanc steals Ed back from the from the robbers, they didn't even really rob him, did they? I guess they paid for him. Yeah, they're just they like, bought they're him. Just they're, him to the circuit. He was. I mean, that the, the the film could ask the question like, are chimpanzees property to be bought and sold? Right. But sure, maybe Matt LeBlanc is the thief. Like, they bought him. It square. does it's seem like that he 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 stole some uh, a a chimpanzee which was purchased by another person. Yeah, that is true. Like they're probably going to come after him if they're not dead. I don't think anybody dies in this movie either, but they, I mean, you know, his they, girlfriend talks him into saying it was a kidnapping, but there's also, this is another nineties thing we've talked about before. There's a lot of fainting in this movie. Like Ed does like a mock faint, even when he, when he finds out that they gave him Mickey Mantle's number seven, like there, uh, you know, there's a <laughs> lot of fainting. It in meant both a lot to Ed. <laughs> yeah. It meant a lot. Ed was a big Mickey Mantle fan. Um, <laughs> him in the nineties, nineties movies and shows had a lot of fainting and now you could barely, you barely see any fainting in 2020. Mm-hmm. They're like mock faints. Hmm. I don't know. As somebody who faints a lot in real life, I feel like oh. I should really bring that back. Okay, fine. Do you f- leave okay. you faint? I do. Yeah, I faint. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say like often, but yeah. like, yeah, I faint like more than the average bear. Mm-hmm. From like, th- but like from like something like uh, in a movie, like like something something happening, <laughs> you faint, or is it like a medical condition? My word first. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's not like seeing conrad birdie it's not like i go to like a john mayer concert mm-hmm. and like lose consciousness uh it's no i just like at the sight of blood uh faint mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know from like scary situations sometimes um so yeah but i i can't say that uh fainting is a 90s experience uh but it is weird that it's represented that way mm-hmm. um right. well, i just don't think you see it in cinema and in film much anymore yeah because it's been replaced with every movie shows vomiting now and I don't know why. Oh yeah. Ah, so it used to be fainting, and now it's throwing up. You're saying? I guess it's like edgier. But... Okay, yeah. Bring back. I don't want to see anybody vomit. No, Bring back fainting, I man. hate it. It's such. It's yeah, a that is gross. I'm, I'm with you now. Every so... movie that you watch, bring back the fainting when you see Mickey Mantle's. I want to see anybody vomit. <laughs> also, yeah. is it Mickey Mantle? Why was he so impressed by that? Isn't Mickey Mantle like his dad? I guess so. Uh, is, not... is it? His, I mean, are you the dad of of of, a, of an animal if you own them? Like, are you your dog's dad? Hmm. I am not my dog's dad, but I am my dog's mom. Okay, so you're saying he, Mickey Mantle was his dad, and then I guess Mick probably dies right before this movie, so that that's why he's available. Yeah. He's on the market. And hmm. uh, Mickey Mantle did die that, in 1995. So it's that, that Mickey Mantle wouldn't have like had a godparent or something. Like I feel like I have prior arrangements for my dog. I yeah. mean, I don't mm-hmm. uh, like not formalize, but I don't think my dog would get sold to be like the mascot of a baseball team. Right. Respectfully, you probably like. Uh, you might have had your act together more than Mickey Mantle did. Oh, yeah. oh thank you so much. Um, <laughs> but also, um, 
I think in Dunstan Checks In, Rupert Everett keeps saying, like, Dunstan, come to daddy. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that's like a recurring thing. I, I think it's pretty common to say, like, your your animal's parent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Akiva, do you think that Mickey Mantle was the right uh, athlete to pick to be the person who is the owner of Ed? Well, I, I think they did it because, like, he just died. What are they going to, like, sue over this? Do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> It's not realistic that it would be like an older baseball player because how long can the monkey live? I think it'd be more uh, believable that it was uh, Pedro Martinez's monkey. But Pedro Martinez isn't even famous yet at this point. <laughs> it's only 96. Like you'd have to you'd have to be like Nolan Ryan's monkey. And but Nolan Ryan is like just retired. Are you guys just making up names? Yes, we're making up. Andy Van Slyke. We'll, we'll make make up pirates for Lita. Lita's from Pittsburgh. Andy Van Slyke. You know Andy Van Slyke? Uh, no. Yeah, for uh, before, before Lita's yeah. time, Andy Van yeah. Slyke. So, all right. Barry Bonds is monkey. Maybe it's Barry. Barry. I can see Barry Bonds having a monkey. I don't think. He, I think he's too surly to have a monkey. It is true. He is too surly. You get a monkey for a day. Yeah. He just great. Yeah, I can he, see Ken Griffey Jr. having a chimpanzee. I know who he that seems is. Fun. He was in backyard baseball. Mm-hmm. Yes, backyard baseball. That's where he's known from. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else? Anything else on Ed? Mm, that uh, so Ed in the or sorry the Deuce in the climactic game uh, that uh, Ed gets out of the hospital. He gets to the stands out, out uh, of the human hospital. He goes he to a in. human hospital. Yeah, that was going to be. Does, do chimpanzees and go to a human hospital? He is saved through the power of prayer. By the way, when I keep saying that this movie is like really like pro middle America, you know, he's he's saved through a uh, saying the national anthem Mm -hmm. because that's what makes him become trusted uh, and b through the girl prays for him and immediately he becomes better. Yes, they he was on the brink. Of, he's on death's door, and then they were able to like rip the wires out of him in the hospital and take him to the game. Yeah, and tranquilize like he, the doctor and steal an ambulance. Yes, and the doctor sort of faints also here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Akiva. So Deuce, uh, that he's been throwing uh, heat the whole game. It's the mm-hmm. ninth inning, and uh, they're questioning like, boy, you can't keep throwing, uh, you know, a hundred for nine innings, and they have a what a one run lead. They're gonna send him back out there. Shades of uh, Matt Harvey, uh, 2015. Yeah, Chubb is Chubb is the um, uh, who's 2015? Terry Collins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, should I send him back out there for the ninth? That uh, Tommy Lasorda is here. Yeah, Tommy Lasorda, who by the way, uh, as of this recording, still alive. Yeah. Um, even though he he actually kind of looks good in here, but if you've seen him recently, he's he's not doing as well. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, it is funny because I like the one baseball celebrity they get in the whole movie. Like most movies like this would have a host like you ever see little giants or whatever like you get you know 20 guest appearances from from famous people this movie again with a 24 million dollar budget got one retired manager (laughs) did not get any like active baseball i'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is the first baseball movie i've ever seen besides twilight so is this (laughs) twilight is a baseball movie (laughs) they do play baseball yeah they play baseball in twilight um so is is you're telling me this is not good compared to most baseball movies no, I think I think that's I, yeah. I mean, is this even a baseball movie? I guess it is. <laughs> Why would you say it's not? <laughs> it's really a what? monkey movie. Baseball yeah. movie it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. W- w- yeah, Lita, start a podcast where you just watch baseball movies. So, like, is this better than Ed? That's the question you're trying to answer at the every, end of it. And it would be called Better. Nope. Well, Ed, they should have workshopped the name Ed in this movie also. So. Yeah. Kiva, I can't believe you, you came out and said that Tom Lasorda is not looking too good uh, right now. I mean, he's 93 years old. What do you want from him? Like, he was never like the picture of health. On Twitter, 
Every time he's on Twitter, people say like, oh, that's what death looks like. Like <laughs> nobody gets meter comments than Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda is on, on Twitter? Twitter? No, anytime there's a picture of him at a game, <laughs> it's like, I, like, I'm not sure he's still alive. Like he truly looks like a dead person while he's walking around. Mm-hmm. I mean, more power to Tommy. I think in the last like month or two, he's not doing as well, but. Oh, okay. Um, but shout out to Tommy. Maybe he'll see the. Yeah, the, the I mean, he's movie. looked like per, pretty much exactly the same for 50 years. That's true, but he looks good. No, he looks decent in this movie. He looks <laughs> like. I think he, went, he took a turn for the worse right after Ed. Ed might have been. Is he in this movie? He is. He's the sort of the guy who the scout kind of. He's, he's the Dodgers manager. Yeah. They don't explain who he is for the non baseball fans, but he's like the guy who signs up. He's, he gets, says, Coop, pay him whatever he wants, which is, by the way, how all great general managers work. Like, this nobody yeah. who no one's ever heard of, give him millions of dollars to play for the Dodgers. Yeah. It, 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 He's recently there. been in intensive care. So, uh, thoughts and prayers for Tommy Lasorda. T's and P's to Tommy mm-hmm. Dale. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Um, and the movie basically, the baseball part of the movie ends with, with Coop throwing his first strike of the entire game against the star <laughs> player who... They have to explain. They throw the curve. He throws the curve. He has to explain, like, why is the star pinch hitting in the bottom of the ninth if we haven't seen him since the first pitch of the movie where he hits a home point. run? Yeah. Because he was on injured reserve and, like, oh, now he's magically better in the ninth inning of this game. So they're going to bring in the star. Yeah. And yeah, and he strikes him out. Again, they never, like, made you like believe Kirk that Gibson Coop was thing. good at baseball. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a Kirk Gibson thing. I like that you call him Coop and Rob's been calling him Deuce. Deuce. This whole time. Yeah, I thought really The Deuce yeah. is his nickname. Yeah. yeah. Nobody calls him Jack. His yeah. his nickname is Deuce because that's the sign for throwing a curveball in baseball. Mm-hmm. Is that real? That's that's uh, yeah, that's real. Is that is that true? I mean, that is accurate. But is that really why that's his nickname? <laughs> do you think it has more to do with uh, sharing a bathroom? No, with I don't Ed? know. I don't know. I was, like, I just, I was maybe he's number two. Maybe that's his jersey that's number. Real thing that yeah, he that is in baseball. Yeah. Why doesn't the batter look behind him? Uh, I think you get hit with the pitch if you were doing that. Mm, not if you're fast enough. <laughs> I think I might be onto something here. Also, let me coach baseball. I'd be a better manager than uh, the guy who gets his toupee knocked off twice or whatever his job is. Oh, yeah, that is a big thing. Toupee humor also much bigger in the 90s than now. There is a, yeah, that's a how with... you know that he's a bad guy. Because if somebody's toupee gets knocked off, then mm-hmm. they are humiliated. And that's why you know that it's a bad guy. Uh, whereas Jason Alexander never gets his toupee knocked off. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, the manager's in a lot of things, right? Yeah, I've seen him around. I believe he also has a was on Wikipedia. But yes, he is in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, as a what? Not that we're announcing people's passing. That's how we announce people's passing on this show. There, there oh. was. I mean, he made it eighty-five years to oh six. I mean, he's very old in this movie. Jack Warden is his name, which is like an old guy name. Like it's yeah. crazy to think that someone named Jack Warden was once a child. Oh, I feel like the other thing we kind of glossed over was sort of like the the mysticism of this movie. There's a lot of like luck based sort of like magic or spirituality. Mm-hmm. There's a horseshoe that factors in yes. fairly heavily. That is sort of what I thought was going to be a plant and payoff, but was just a plant and, and dead. Um, yeah. And they flip the, the chub and the, you know, what's his butt, like flip yeah. a coin. Yeah, the baseball see- players are very superstitious. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're going to flip a coin to see if their players are going to be successful or not. And Matt LeBlanc's coin lands directly on its side. Yeah. And so Pete will decide, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if he's going to be either a bust or make it to the Hall of Fame, which are the only two choices. But see, correct. The, what I did like about the film is that Ed doesn't trade in any of that superstition. That Ed is just purely about the, the, that he's going to just go off of instincts. He's not well, getting call, caught call up in. He's yeah. just going to baseball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The problem, I, I guess, is for Deuce, uh, for Coop, 
that he's just he's working too hard before the game. Didn't Daniel Murphy have that Akiva where like uh, he's taking like nine hours of batting practice before the games? Yeah, to be fair, this guy has no experience. Like he should be working hard. This is his first year in the minor leagues or his first year even throwing a pitch. Like it's amazing he even knows how to stand on a mound. Yeah, he should be working hard. I think. No, he just needs to have more fun. And somebody take uh, Edwin Diaz out to uh, Disneyland when they are back open. It is the Dodgers' real minor league affiliate? Is this real? The Santa Rosa Rockets? No, no, it's a made-up team. Uh, and it's also uh, they all they all just switched everyone's minor league affiliates because Major League Baseball got rid of a lot of them. But I don't think I think oh. they have Modesto. Maybe is that them or is that, that right. I'm not sure. Um, is, is this Triple A? This I, this feels like Single A, right? It's like a small stadium. To me, this is low. Like, like, would you would you really bring this the Deuce or Coop guy to like a higher level of the minor leagues to start yeah. up his career? I don't think so. Is uh, Coop going to be protected in the Rule Five draft? Do you think by the Dodgers? Oh, that's, a good that's a good question. <laughs> what about I have Ed? another question? Yeah. Um, is it really open tryouts for minor league teams? And that's see, and also like they sign him right off the bat. I, I, it's a good question. I guess like the lowest level, it's not inconceivable. That they can have that. I think, I think the short answer is yes. But they don't send people from the lowest level straight to the Dodgers, right? No, of course not. Yeah. That's very unrealistic. That's a good yeah, question. It's it's one good pitch and they sign him. I'm just like, I feel like this movie might have some plot holes. Yeah. So I wonder, yeah. and yeah, if you were going to sign like a minor league free agent, like I feel like oh. that there is like some sort of a process for that. I don't know if you could just say like, oh, we had open tryouts and this guy came yeah, to our no team. Agent. A, lot, a lot of times a movie like this would have a shady agent, right? Where his agent like, you know, sells him for whatever and, and gets a lot of the money. Mm-hmm. You don't He'd have, have to that go into movie. the draft, right? Uh, no, I guess he's like a veteran free agent. I'm not sure how it works. Okay. I don't know. I All feel right. like maybe Ed be his agent. This movie made money. See, you're onto something. Ed is his agent works. That's because funny. they all they all move to everybody knows that within the first week of a relationship, you better be ready to move to a different city with them. So mm-hmm. uh especially if they have a kid. So he uh is gonna go to the Dodgers for whatever amount of money he wants. Um and they the last scene of the movie is the the little kid and her mom and Matt LeBlanc and Ed all moving down to LA together in like a mm-hmm. vague or whatever so i feel like uh they're starting their their lives together um he and ed and their little family no mention of ed continuing to play baseball or doing something for the giants like tommy sort of ostensibly goes to the game to see ed i and coop like he says where's ed and then ed's not there so i don't know what ed's future is yeah i guess ed is an agent what if how about this (laughs) reboot entourage but a monkey is the agent That sounds great. Yes. If, as long as it's a real monkey and not this animatronic yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We don't like, yeah. No yes. robots. Also, uh, shout out to a longtime listener, John John Johnson, who sent me a, uh, a and my family uh, Christmas gifts uh, this past week, uh, including uh, the Entourage film on Blu ray disc, uh, which I had been long <laughs> wanting to add to my collection. Thank oh, you, John John. Can you re gift that to Danny Sesternino? Because he might <laughs> yes. like that. Yes, I think I'm going to put funny. it inside Shrek's mouth, I think, is where I'm going to uh, keep that. The That is fun. By the way, speaking of Shrek, well, we get to the mailbag. We can talk about Shrek in the mailbag. Mm-hmm. I love Shrek. Are you guys going to do Shrek? Um, it's a longer it's conversation, a long story. I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Uh, any, anything else about Ed, about the Dunstan checks in on this very special episode of R-A-A-N- a P E. Oh no. <laughs> um 
I'm just like upset that these two movies were put in the same category. I'm upset that I had to watch Ed. I really didn't like it. It was one of those movies where I was rolling over the timestamp being like, there can't possibly be 45 mm-hmm. minutes left in this movie. However, Dunstan checks in, holds up tremendously. I can't recommend it enough. It is, like we said, a hot 88 minutes. Um, it, and it's a real monkey. Even if you don't like the movie, like it's a very cute monkey doing very cute things. I think maybe orangutans are inherently less ugly than chimpanzees, which mm-hmm. like wasn't animatronic. Like chimpanzees are just like not that cute. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend uh, of the NBC 1996 must see TV lineup starred movies with a monkey. Mm. Check out. We're sure there's not a third, right? I, I mean, Kramer not. had a run in uh, with uh, a I don't remember what type of primate it was at the zoo. What in Seinfeld? Yeah, yes, and I believe Helen Hunt has a monkey movie also, but it's from the eighties. Mm. She's in. Someone sent that to us, and there's also a movie called Most Valuable Primate, which or MVP, uh, which is like a, ba- a monkey picture, which kind of happens. I think happens after Ed is sort of trying to capitalize on the Airbud stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I can't be sure that there's not like some Drew Carey monkey movie out there. It seems like maybe something he would do when he was on Third Rock from the Sun, but um, I'll keep an eye out for it. Okay. All right. Uncle Kiwi, anything else Mm -hmm. in terms of our uh, all monkey review? No, I think we're we're in agreement that Dunstan is the most valuable primate of this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, listen, sometimes, you know, we like Dunstan checks in less so for Ed, but it's called the crappy movie diaper. Like we have to, you know, we can't just watch quality films like Dunstan checks in. We got to <laughs> really examine the, you know, mix, what went wrong with the, of the world. Yeah. All right. Lita, any, anything else that you want to add about these films? Uh, no, just, uh, RIP Sam, mm-hmm. um, forever mm-hmm. in our hearts. Alive. Yeah. All right. Lita, are you going to stay for the mailbag? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got a mailbag. How, how full is the mailbag, Akiva? Uh, however full you need it to be. Okay. All right. So we've got some pitches. We'll talk uh, just like Deuce Cooper. <laughs> Unlike hopefully, Ed, who's not a pitcher. Hopefully, yeah, well, hopefully we have better than one and a half pitches coming up uh, when we come back on Rob and Akiva Need a Podcast. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Yes, all right. Here we are. Mailbag episode 113. Lita, are, are you fired up after talking about the the best and worst of uh, 1996 primate films? I feel like I've experienced the whole spectrum of human emotion <laughs> between these two movies. Yeah. We've done it all. We've done it all. I'm all ready right. To, we'll just say that. Yeah. I, I've still been trying to rack my brain on a better title for Ed. I feel like that there's got to be some baseball chimpanzee pun sitting right there for the taking, Akiva. The most valuable primate, which comes out a few years later, is a very good is a very good chimp pun. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. They had they had that there sitting right there. What, what about like Monkey Mick? Like the you know something like that? Monkey like, Mick. Like it's Mickey Mantle, but the monkey. I don't know. Um, I don't think he's a monkey. Everything, everything is better than Ed. Let's start from that. Like any, any, any suggestion is a punch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a listener will have, will have a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, send us your tweets all week long. But Akiva, let's dive into uh, the mailbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just set the stakes for the mailbag to start, Rob, because this is technically a 2020 episode, even yep. though we're spinning the wheel for 2021. And we each have our veto. We get to veto one suggestion, one wheel spin a, a year. And it's the last episode of the year. We probably recorded about 50 this year, right? We barely skipped. Mm-hmm. Haven't used our veto. And so I, I think like we almost have to use our veto today, right? We have to. If, if, if it doesn't come up exactly what we want. Yeah, I, I mean, but even if it does come up, like even if our number one thing comes up. Oh, you'd be I a fool. Think we have well, to why, why would you do that then? I don't know what our number one thing is. I guess when we get to the list, we could say like what our number one thing is. Well, this is exactly what I wanted to do, but I don't want to waste this veto. So, all right, spin it again. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like we have to. uh, I don't know. I will. If neither of us use it, but also like it would be funny trolling. Like if I say my number one idea is Shark Week or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then it comes up and you're like, no, 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 I'm vetoing it. Like there could be a there's a funny trolling sort of. uh, Maybe we could could veto it. Maybe we could fight over the veto. All right. What do you have in the mailbag, Uncle Kiwi? Um, okay, we got, a, we got a bunch of stuff. Let's start with Mike from Chicago. Okay. He wants to, he wants to add a movie to the... Is it Michael Jordan? Th- that's a good question. I don't think Michael Jordan lives in Chicago. I think he lives in North Carolina. Hmm. That's what I learned um, in Space Jam. That he lives, oh yeah, Michael Jordan lives in like suburban Chicago in Space Jam, right? I thought he lived in North Carolina, but I might just be mixing it up with his like jersey, his mm. like UNC. Oh, I'm not sure. You, you know what's uh, you know Warner Brothers made is it Warner? I don't know. I'm not big in like which the movie companies no. are. Could it be Mike Ditka? I could be Mike Ditka. Yeah, I think he listens to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Warner Brothers um, made like there was a big deal when they when they put all their movies on HBO Max. <laughs> yes. And I think some people were like, maybe they're all bad. And then what, the Wonder Woman sequel came out, and I don't, I don't watch uh, any of those Marvel or DC movies, but yeah, it seems like everyone on Twitter hates it today. So what if that Space Jam 2 movie, which isn't in the same, it's like the, the Sopranos prequel and the Space Jam movie, mm-hmm. what if that's bad? Because we do have a bet on that movie. Yeah, we have also, a bet Rob. on that. No, I think it'll get good reviews. My kids are very excited for that Space Jam 2. So yeah. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking they knew all those movies were terrible, and that's why they threw them onto HBO Max, because they would bomb in the theaters. Yeah. You but I'm one like, Space Jam? Yeah, I, I showed that to them recently, and they really liked it. I'm not sure why, but they, they loved it. Oh, yeah. I, I love the movie. Yeah, no, I think Space Jam holds up well. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I was in college and was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Not a fan of the HBO Max so far. All okay. Right, no, I, I was. Well, 
Look, it's very hard to log into. That uh, first off, there's they they don't have anything that I wanted to see, and then I, I started watching. They have, they have everything on HBO Max. Everything's on HBO Max. What's on HBO Max? Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, well, that came um, out yesterday. I don't know. I I also don't care about superhero movies. I don't know. I feel like every time I'm on HBO Max, I'm like, oh, they have they've got this, they've got yeah. that. So I don't know. I started they, watching they classic shows. They have like Sopranos and Second yeah. City and The Wire. Have, like the Who's Line episodes. Is that where I've been watching that? Mm-hmm. Is on Amazon Prime? I don't know. I'm watching a lot of it. No, I started watching The West Wing over Thanksgiving, and I had seen okay. like. 21 episodes of the west wing and then it was like oh west wing is leaving netflix i'm like oh i gotta get season one in before they move and then i had to like log into hbo max and then it took me like uh you know nine different tries to get different devices logged into hbo max it was it was a whole thing matt leblanc yeah i gotta see matt leblanc uh pre and post ed did you quit the show, The West Wing? No, other, no, it was, a good, it was a good season one cliffhanger. I had to see what was going to happen with Bartlett. You get bad, right? Like, I wasn't a big West Wing guy. Oh, I know there's an episode don't that's spoil like, it for me. Made. Yeah. Okay. Spoilers. I so, never really watched it. So far, so good. Um, okay, so Mike from Chicago says, why don't you guys watch season three, episode seven of Hanging with Mr. Cooper? Why? The episode features, he's going to explain why. Now, Lita is young, and I we do get accused of of liking boomer shows. I don't know if this counts as a boomer show, but it's it's not really. Let's in ask, the Z well, guys. hold on. This is what it's great. We have Lita. Lita, have you ever even heard of Hanging with Mr. Cooper? Uh, I know Mr. Cooper as Deuce. Yes, the only, Mr. The only Cooper. Mr. Cooper we recognize is Deuce Cooper. That's I, right. I like, That's a better title for this because he's a monkey, so he hangs around. It's a way better title for Ed. Mm-hmm. That is pretty good. Hanging with Deuce. Um, um, no, I I've never heard of Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I think you'd like, are you a basketball fan? I know we know you're not a baseball fan. Uh, Pittsburgh doesn't have a basketball team. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 like college, I like college basketball. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm not, the ABA? Fish that Save Pittsburgh? What did you just say? The Fish that Save Pittsburgh? It's a basketball movie set in Pittsburgh. Starring Dr. J. Rob, you familiar with this? I am not. The oh, basketball movie that uh, in Pittsburgh in the 70s. Okay, so tell me about um, season three, episode seven of okay. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. What features former NBA star Reggie Miller? Do you know Reggie Miller, Lita? He's Cheryl Miller's sister. Yeah, brother. Not a f- not a fan. We don't like him. But here's why: it was directed by our boy Marklin Baker, even as a cameo in the episode. And Marklin Baker's friends with Ethan Zahn. Ethan Zahn messaged us after the first episode of this show yeah, and said yeah, that he yeah. text, texted MLB and said, "Hey, check it out." We never heard from him again. Yeah. But uh, so could we get MLB on to, to if we Marklin, got the director of the episode? Would that help? Uh, I, I don't know. But I, I feel like the season three, episode seven flowchart is uh, like, A, do we love the show? No. Like, is there a great guest attached to this episode? No. Do our f- the listeners of this podcast, are they dying to hear us talk about season three, episode seven of Mr. Cooper? No. So why? This, that, we haven't hit one reason to do this yet. Well, that's fair. No, listen, I, I, these aren't, I didn't, I'm not Mark from Chicago. I'm just, I'm just mm-hmm. the messenger. Yeah. But, is it Mark Curry? Did he send this in? Is that the is yeah, it? yeah? Cooper is Mark. I you know I like that show. I, I guess I'm on an island. I don't know. Listen, Every, nobody was excited about Family Matters, and that went well. Yeah, what, what, nobody was excited for Family Matters. It was one of the most highly anticipated fishbowl ideas that we had, and we had Chappelle uh, as a guest. This you know, is Lita's in the in the fishbowls Gilmore Girls. Yes. What if we vetoed 
Gilmore Girls with her on the show. That would be very funny today. Yeah. That would be so rude. I waited so <laughs> long for Dunstan, and I didn't it would leave be rude. the phone. Mm-hmm. Way, we, almost, we almost had Vito Dunstan, but then we came up with... Uh, we didn't have videoing, but it, that would have been... Maybe I, I so would funny. have been very upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, been, it wouldn't have been nice. Um, okay, this idea is called DMB. We're really testing uh, Lita with some 90s stuff right now. <laughs> this from this from Tiago. Tiago says, hello, Robin Akiva. This is my favorite podcast. Ooh, that's a good way to get it, your question answered. Six-star podcast. Go to Robin Robinswebsite.com slash Renap. Leave it in iTunes. He says, David Matthews Band. David, he didn't say David. David I Matthews called him Band. <laughs> Very formal. <laughs> David Matthews Band is my favorite band of all time. Y'all have been mentioning him a lot lately, and I thought you should do an episode where you bring in a DMB expert, a.k.a. myself, to teach you guys all the wonders that is DMB. Like, did you know he owns two wineries? If you guys could make a podcast about Spice Girls, you should be able to make a great uh, podcast about DMB. Even if you hate this idea, please look him up. Uh, look up his net worth next time you get the chance on the podcast. I feel like people underestimate how famous he actually is. Thank you for reading. Well, I don't think his net worth and his fame are totally connected. He's just, you know, a very successful musician yeah. with the with a, a rabid fan base. I wouldn't make mind famous. hearing about the time that they dumped out the sewage from their tour yeah. bus and got in yeah. trouble. I would like to hear a reset on that story because I don't know if I, I know agree. the details on that. I agree. Any, any DM- yes. that Dave Matthews is not as famous as this person thinks he is is because my best friend Sam uh, will... You're, t- you're every- talking about Dunstan, the, the long-lost uh, chimpanzee? <laughs> yes, orangutan. I uh, was, yeah. Um, so uh, he, every time I mention John Mayer, he thinks that I'm talking about Dave Matthews. So I think the, the people, DMB. Yeah, people my age can't can't keep him straight. I don't. I couldn't even name a Dave Matthews song. Lita once had a tweet that was like, "I don't know the difference between Harrison Ford." It was a great one. It made Harrison me feel Ford old. You can't. Wait, you wait, can't hold on, say it one more time. Harrison Ford and who? Eastwood. I will never. I don't care which is which. I don't know. Don't tell me. It hmm. doesn't matter. Years of age is just seeing that tweet. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's probably not as big of an age difference as people would think. Eastwood is really old. I don't know the the president of my university who uh, to to be at Yeshiva University to be a um, to be the president. You kind of have to be a rabbi and sort of a scholar. So like yeah. doesn't leave a lot of time on. So he lived next door to Harrison Ford in like the the college's like yeah. uh, apartment. Uh, didn't know who he was. He needed one of his grandkids to explain yeah. to him. Like, who what, what do you think is the age difference between Clint Eastwood and Harrison Ford? To say Clint is eighty six mm-hmm. and and Harrison is seventy two. Uh, so uh, you put it at fourteen years. Uh, so it's actually a smaller difference. Uh, Clint Eastwood is ninety and Harrison Ford is seventy eight. Oh wow, seventy eight is really old. Is he still acting? He's Harrison? making a new Indiana Jones. I, you know, I've never seen any of the Indiana well, Jones. We should put Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in the crappy movie diaper. Is that one of Shia LaBeouf? Yes, yes. I saw that in theaters. Ugh, terrible. It is so it, bad. It should be. I think it should go to the crappy movie diaper. It's one of those things was like I was in high school and all my friends were going, and so I was like, I'll go see. It. And I've never seen any other Indiana Jones movies. It's really terrible. And stars um, either but a Harrison Ford. I don't mm-hmm. know which one. Um, you don't seem that yeah, excited Clint, for that. Yeah. I mean, well, no, I'm not against that movie. Uh, can we test that and see what people have to say see about this? Yeah, I'm having content on the on the wheel this week. Yeah, oh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, uh, yeah, I think he had a. I think, oh, yeah, don't I don't think that there will be pro Shia LaBeouf takes oh, in talking about I mean, Kingdom I mean, of the Crystal Skull. 
I, I think it's not a good week to uh, to tell people to watch the Shia LaBeouf movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam from LA says, I have an idea called the Renap Auction, where guest spots on the on the podcast or mailbag or mystery items described in loving detail by Rob are auctioned off to a guest panel for charity. I don't think it's a full podcast, so maybe you could go in a Variety Pack episode. Also, I have another idea for an episode called Robin and Kiva Need a Clue. In this episode, Robin and Kiva and a panel of guests play a murder mystery game where any one of them could be the culprit. I believe um, someone is putting together Robin and Kiva murder mystery. That's a good idea. What, what's uh, the auction? I don't understand what we're doing here. Just auctioning off spot on the podcast hmm. for charity. We want to do that? Do we no. want to auction off a spot what, for what charity? Is that? How's that an episode? Well, he said it's not an episode. He said well, it's just like a segment. To various guests. Hmm. Like, what are we auctioning off? We'll sign a seeds. We'll get Jordan Kalish to sign a seeds baby shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we could auction that off. Hmm. Um, all right. Let me. You know, I asked for I asked for tweets, Rob. Uh, yeah. Right now, I said let if anybody has a good, um, a good you know pitch suggestion on the fly. People are stuck at home with their parents, maybe or by themselves. Let's see if anybody has any uh, creative ideas right now. Um. And Travis Payne says, what about Robin Akiva to determine the best decade? Robin Akiva tried to figure out which 10-year period of their lifetime was the overall best considering sports, movies, TV, technology, historical events. Inspired by Chester, the 10-year period does not need to be a typical decade. So it could be like 1974 to 1983. Stop. Although I was not, That's not a decade. Who's this, this more for? of a 32 fan? Yeah, 32. Have at it. Lita, do you like yeah, the idea? What's the best decade? And it doesn't have to be from zero to, to uh, the next nine. I feel like it's already determined. It's whatever, wherever we put the cutoff that 96 is in. Mm-hmm. At 605, yeah, but, you're saying that? Or is it, or is it uh, 87 to 96? I, I think that this idea is just going to be, it's like whatever decade was like the best for you. You're mm-hmm. going to make a, a pitch for it. Sure. And if you're born in 96, are you, do you identify with the 90s or you really miss them? So you're more of an aughts person. And you have a better name. I was born in 95. Mm -hmm. Are you asking me? Or just in general, if one was born in 96? Um, 95. I I think like I am sort of like, oh, like I'm a 90s kid. But what that means isn't really like the things that were in that decade. It's like what you were old enough to be like cognizant to experience. So like, 90s kids remember stuff from like the OOs more than they remember stuff from the actual 90s. So I don't know. All that decade, and you're saying the OOs, you know, because we said the aughts never really caught on. I don't know. People call it the aughts. I like the OOs. Oh, I say the OOs. I don't know. I like the 2000s. The OOs. I haven't heard yeah, that the before. Maybe what the kids are saying. Yeah. Um, I could tell you guys the kids are saying anything. Yeah. And it might. <laughs> well, I do have kids. They're younger than you. Um, someone wanted us to rate our listeners' Twitter handles, Rob. No, oh, I would love uh, to. Or Haley Strong. Abby, Abby thinking also. Yeah, we already give Haley Strong. She gets like a two out of ten. I mean, it's not her fault. She, she doesn't want the underscore. She's stuck with the underscore. I don't know if you're familiar with Lita's uh, sort of Twitter handles, Rob, but Lita basically puts in, her last name is Brillman, and she puts in a lot of Brillman. Yeah. Lita, can you just explain to the listeners what you do with your Twitter handle? And then I have an yeah. idea. It's not my handle. My handle is always Lita tweeted. Um, but my my display name is always a pun on Brill. And sometimes it'll be timely. So like during Halloween, it'll be like this is Briller, uh, Brillery Clinton during the mm-hmm. election. Um, if if I can't really think of anything, it's just whatever I want. Ghostface Brilla, um, things like that. Right now, it's the very hungry caterpillar. Um, there's a lot of things that ride with Brill. Brill, I am all of that. Mm-hmm. 
So Rob, I was wondering if on the fly we could try and pitch a few ideas and maybe we for can Lita, make Lita. For, for new Brill names or for, yeah. It's part of this idea to give people new Twitter bios. Uh, so if you have any, I'll go first. Um, I'll drop a few, okay? Yes. So they have to have Brill. Uh, we have Brill from America. That has been our- done. done. Okay, maybe I'm just going to name three that I've already seen. Uh, Brillard Fillmore. That one has, has not been done. Oh, it should I mean, be I'm Brillard sure Brillmore. Like, yeah, it can also be Millard Brillmore. Yeah. More Millard Brillmore. Yeah, it's a double. It works twice. They have the Brillmore Girls. Yeah, Brillmore Girls. Um, and Brilliant Dollar Baby, I like also. Sad. Why is that sad? You ever see that movie? Okay, but it's not implied in the name that, that the. Well, now you just spoiled the movie for everyone who's going to watch it. Speaking of Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't thought that way. I've done Who Wants to Be a Brillionaire? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, have not done Brilliant Dollar Baby. Mm-hmm. Rob, by the end of the episode, I need we need a good uh, Brill uh, punch up from you. Okay. Rob is good with her hands. No, I like what Lita does. I like the changing the display name. I think that's uh, fun. And then just keep the Twitter name the same. Don't like it if people are changing their Twitter name uh, uh, Brilly Nilly all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Right. Brilly Nilly is not bad, but I guess it doesn't really. Brilly Vanilly? I don't think I've done that. Yeah. Not bad. That's a good one, too. Um, okay. Uh, Lita, do you have any ideas for us? For your Twitter handles? No, no, no. For the mailbag. Oh, for the mailbag. <laughs> I mean, uh, good. If you, have any, if you have any for our Twitter bios, I'm, we're all ears. No, I, I'm mostly here to judge other people. Um, okay. mm-hmm. I, I will advocate for anything Jewish. I'm rooting for anybody Jewish. Oh, I see. I should have I asked for a Jewish theme. You know, Lita, for years I've been trying to get Rob, and it's not very practical during during like the pandemic to eat Jewish foods. And we'll sort of do, I know that it's been done on YouTube, Buzzfeed type stuff, like give Rob's a bunch of Jewish foods and have him taste them. But Rob hates food and podcast, the food on podcast. I've not got him. I don't like like boys eat Jewish food. And then they're like, Oh, it's gross. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. So either, first of all, I'm eating on a podcast. Uh, That's what I don't like about food and podcasts. And then either, either the only way it's good is if you give me something that's gross that nobody, that nobody would like. And then it's like, everybody laughs at me eating something gross or then it's like, Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's good. It's fine. I I think you should give Rob like a a two hour bar mitzvah, like have him do all the, all the milestones of a bar mitzvah. Oh, that would be good. I could light all the candles and say, (laughs) yeah, like, uh, my candle number seven is for you know this very very special guy that you know and then uh be people would be waiting with bated breath who is it going to be you'd have to leave someone out they'd be so mad that they didn't get one of your candle yeah you already knew it, rob that was basically i felt like i was at a bar mitzvah <laughs> and then can i also pick out what song they're going to come out to then oh you bar mitzvah have mitzvah theme. Theme. that's nice hmm lita do you have a bar mitzvah theme did i have a theme uh, I did. I did not. No, I don't think anybody in my school did themes. Like not was a single. Absolutely, Allie. Yeah. What? It was just a friend of mine. That was her theme. Oh, right. you know what? Actually, uh, I had a friend whose her theme was uh, Amazing Race. It was more like travel. Uh, oh, okay. It wasn't like games or whatever. But almost nobody did, did a theme. <laughs> you have the Mets theme, Rob. Mets theme. Well, it's, not, it's the off season. I don't know, but uh, oh, yeah, that would be. Trying Early, to think of like your birth. Yeah, what I'm into right now. Maybe yeah, the West Wing theme. The West Wing theme, though, man. Theme for us. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the nerdiest kid in your school probably has a West. <laughs> Do you guys have any? Ted Lasso. 
do we do no we, we haven't done any ninja turtle content i, I watched every single teenage Mutant ninja turtles movie in the last two months every movie yeah every movie not TV shows. there's like seven like of them. Hmm. i don't know i don't know if my, maybe i'll try with my kids i'm not sure if they would like the turtles they're in the background they were watching cheaper by the dozen tonight and that was a big hit they like like thick stuff um, okay, Nick says, this is, his idea is called Among Us. He has an idea inspired for the wheel by the game Among Us. My idea was that there'd be five to six guests on the podcast, and one to three of them would be the imposters. Each round, they're given a theme, and they're trying to pitch a wheel idea based on the theme. The crewmates are trying to pitch good ideas. The imposter, in parentheses S, would be trying to pitch bad ideas. At the end of each round, Rob and Akiva would deliberate on who they think the imposter is and choose someone to eliminate. The next round would begin with a new theme at the end of the game. Whichever idea Rob and Akiva choose not to eliminate from the game automatically goes on the wheel. The bad ideas shouldn't be like ideas that would be total awful to listen to, but 32 fans level ideas. Hope you guys like the idea. Boy, I think that this is fun. I would say that could this be a mailbag and not an episode? Okay, so it's an Among Us mailbag. Yes. So, because I, I feel like if we, th- if we screw up the mailbag, nobody's, mm-hmm. but if we screw up the, the, the main course, uh, I feel like yeah. that that's more of like, uh, you know, like, oh, the first part of the episode is a good ma- uh, Among Us mailbag. Ah, I wouldn't do it again. Okay, so let's say, so it's five guests, let's say, who are coming on, and they each have to have five ideas, <laughs> I guess, ostensibly, because they keep having 25 ideas? Well, no, because we're voting them out. It's much less than 25, because we're voting. It's more like five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Right? All right, so, so maybe they, they got to come in with like a good one to start to really throw yeah, us so off. And then yeah. we'll vote off, and then we'll vote out the person. Yeah. What happened? What's the imposter pitch here? What, what do you mean? What, like the, if, if the goal of the imposter is to get on the wheel, right? I guess so, But do yeah. they get anything depending on the wheel also? I mean, well, do we have to then put through one of the ideas every round? Or we're just voting out know. the person? We're voting, out the, voting person. out the person. Like, the, what's the imposter? Because everyone's goal, in theory, is to get on the wheel. So why wouldn't the imposter just pitch good ideas? Wouldn't that make them the imposter? How are we... How do we know who the imposter is? That idea is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very good idea. I just think the the game element of it yeah. needs um, a little bit of a tweak. But I'm happy to do this. I think it is a very good idea. We mm-hmm. just have to figure you know, out the, the imposter's job is to get bad ideas on the wheel, not to get maybe, any uh, ideas. Uh, like they need to get the a bad idea on the wheel. The Could the imposter be given the ideas? Is that possible? Like, we're, like the imposter doesn't get to choose their ideas. Like, shut up, Tim or. Someone with someone gives them. I think them, the like, imposter can play jazz and come up with their own ideas. What is different than the imposter than the other four people who are pitching the ideas? They're trying to get a I bad mean. idea on the wheel, and also their the imposter ideas are veto proof. That well, we 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 may not realize in the real time it's a bad idea, but the imposter has done such a good job of conning us you can't veto that idea okay. that we think like it's that. a good idea, and then we realize like, oh no, oh. Yeah, I like that. So maybe this the is next gonna time actually going to be like, terrible. Maybe the next time there's not like a natural super long episode, although we didn't think this would be a super long episode. This mm-hmm. is one of the longer ones. Um, the, then we, we could do an Among Us mailbag in a couple weeks. I think Lita, that's a how fun do you idea. feel about the Among Us mailbag? I, I think it's fine, but I agree with Akiva that why wouldn't the imposter just like pitch uh, good a good idea? Because <laughs> then everybody say, oh, that you were a bad imposter. Okay, that's fine, but like they could, good ideas and bad ideas are so subjective. They could just say like, well, to me, that was a really bad idea, even if they don't think it's a bad idea. Mm. I think it would have to be like the bad idea would maybe have to be like voted on. Right. You know? That's what I'm saying. They're, uh, they're not even pitching. But who, they're sort of, how are people voting on it? And then we're not knowing what's going on. Maybe, voting, but maybe there's like a committee of people who are making the bad idea and they and it's not their idea. They're just the imposter who has mm-hmm. to like 
put the plan into action. Okay, so maybe the imposter gets a list of like, here are the five bad ideas, but they have to spin them and make them sound like they're good ideas. Correct, correct. You have to fix them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's fine. Yeah, okay. We get we get Peon also for that, but Mr. Among Us himself. Yeah, does the mailbag stop as soon as the we vote out the imposter? Yeah, when we vote out the imposter, that we go right to the, the wheel game spin. continues, that's good. That's good. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you excited for the fourth? Rob, have you been playing any Among Us uh, recently? Not recently. Okay. You know, they're making a fourth level, so oh my, my son's God. very excited. Yeah. Lita, do you play the Among Us? I will go on Kirsten's stream yes. sometimes. Um, but Among Us is one of those games that I just like to hang out with my friends. Um, mm-hmm. I don't actually like the game very much. Yeah. I, mean, I like Kirsten's because it's hide and seek. There's no strategy in her, so he's just trying to do no strategy. Like the strategy. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, Rob. Do you want to go to the? Do you want to go to the uh, the wheel spin? Because it might be a long one with the vetoes. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and fire up the wheel for uh, this week. And let me just get that open. Okay. Uh, here we go. Let's talk about the first episode of 2021. Can you believe it? After everybody said uh, all this, like uh, 2020 is terrible. It'll be 2021. Then everything will be fine. Is that what they're saying now? Everything's going to be fine? I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, Akiva, don't you know that everything that went wrong, it was just the year. Mm-hmm. It is the year. It does not forget. Yeah. It was a big Twitter meme that 2016 was the worst year ever, if you remember, because a few celebrities died. It was like, oh, 2016, it's got to end. 2016, everything was 2016. Well, like, I even more than 2020. 2016, I think that made people pretty upset, besides, like, David Bowie dying. But... Big Brother OTT? Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think that's what people were mad about in 2016. But then 2017, like, was somehow worse. People were like, "Oh, 2017 is even worse." Then it, the meme went away for 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 18, came back with a event. 18 and 19 were great. I no complaints about no anything. Complaint. Sort of a national yeah. level. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you if you notice 2020, yeah. you know the 2016 it happened already. So yeah, I agree. 2021, we're, we're due. Okay. So. What date of 2021 will people start uh, saying that it is the new worst year ever? First time something bad happens, like January 3rd. <laughs> yeah. I'm what do you think, I think people are going to stick to the news resolutions. Everything's going to be going great. And then like Betty yeah. White or something that we've been waiting on. Yes. Oh, no. We'll manifest that. Well, <laughs> so here's my prediction. Like something like mundane will happen. Like uh, we'll lose like some sort of like F list celebrity like January 3rd. And then uh, like uh, the Twitter jokes will be like, damn you, 2021. Uh, but then maybe by like February, people will be doing it like earnestly. Yeah, because like the Moderna vaccine like gives you a, a six toe. No, 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 no anti-vaccine uh, jokes <laughs> on this podcast. I'm sorry, that okay. was a joke. But okay. yes, that, that like something legitimately bad happens. Well, honestly, everybody, but everybody's take, already decided it's a bad year. Yeah, vaccine give you six toe. I think that's like a fair trade. Hmm. What oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Out of this six toe, I'll take one it for the is team. Is a six toe inherently oh. bad? Would you would you yeah. not want a six toe if you could get a free one? Better balance. I don't know if I've pointed this, if I've ever mentioned this on the show. Don't show it to my, Sam the orangutan. My third toe is already bigger than my second toe. My third toe is already like I, I like how yeah, you say so it like you're still growing. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm saying already, like already in the sense that if I get a sixth toe, it's already a mess. That's what I'm saying. My oh, third. Well, my sixth toe is going to be added on top of my third toe, so it's going to get even longer. I, I got the thumb toe, whatever that's called, the big guy. Yeah, that's big. And then everyone else in the Whoa. world, it's like it goes in order. But what a for flex me, by Akiva. No, I mean, 
bigger than the other toes. I don't think it's yeah. an abnormally big toe. And then, and then the second toe is whatever. And then the, the middle finger toe, the middle toe is bigger than the second toe. If you look at your feet, it is not the is case. Is it the on your captain? Feet. I guess it's the captain of my feet. Elite is checking. So basically, my socks and slippers. Uh, oh, don't tell Sam. Uh, my second toe is way longer than my big toe, but my third toe is an appropriate yeah. shape. So basically, Akiva, could you take your shoes and socks off and give somebody the finger? I could basically give someone the finger with my toes. Yeah. Wow. Never heard this before. Oh, I don't know where it would be. Would it be? Would it? Would it be on the pinky side, the thumb side, in the middle? I'm fine with it, Mr. Moderna. If you, if that's, if that's what it takes, we're okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, if I have a preference, I'd like to have the sixth toe to like next to the pinky uh, like i like uh-huh. i feel like i would not want the the new sixth toe all of a sudden to be like uh adjacent to my uh you know big toe you wouldn't want it like really? out straight out straight you, out the top oh no that would that, i mean that would be very problematic with shoes but like, what are we saying no to like third ear i think we're we're off oh, right oh third better ear, hearing taking- sure no problem no it's you. third ear is just for show oh you can't pierce it it's, a, you could it's a vestigial third ear. I don't have any ear piercings to even begin with, so I don't know how to do it. Where, well, like, you do have longer hair. Like, you could probably hide it. I can't. Well, hide where's it. the placement? If... You didn't say where it's coming in. It's like behind one of your ears. It's like a, it's blowing oh, out. I mean, that's fine. I have a tattoo behind one of my ears that nobody ever sees. But it's gonna get covered. It's a Steelers tattoo, right? It's gonna get covered. Yeah, it's it's a great time to be <laughs> to go eleven and zero and. And then lose three games in a row to have a tattoo. I on didn't you. lose any money on that last loss. None. <laughs> what? I don't have to sell my 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 house. Okay. Yeah, I, I love a third year to cover my Steelers tattoo. All right. Um. um okay. Do you want to? Yeah, what are we up to? Let's we talk about what's going on. Right. Right. Season three, episode seven is in play. Uh, mm-hmm. Coin flip. We yep. have the crappy movie diaper. We have mm-hmm. uh, people's choice. Uh, yes. uh, the crappy movie diaper is not in play actually for next week, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's okay. This week, so it's, it's taking a week off. We have people's choice. Uh, can the mm-hmm. crappy movie diaper be in people's choice? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, we have prices right. You, we watched like ten bad shows and movies the last few weeks. I don't know. Think we're going to pick it, but it's allowed to. You are a Shark Week. Okay. Spinoffs are trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Keeve invent the game show. That's in quicksand. That's in quicksand. If it doesn't get picked by the end of January, it's gone. Renap X. TEDx talk. We have the sequel mechanism. That's uh, the census and uh, hot takeoff coming okay. back. Okay, match game. Mm-hmm. Game H- show. HGTV shows are trash. Okay. Robin Akiva get uh, get trekked. Okay, that's getting Not vetoed trekked. today. So yeah. hard comes up. Yes. Uh, we A- just did Star Wars. AITA. Gen yes, Z shows are trash. Best week mm-hmm. ever. Akiva, was there anything that we talked about last week with Liana that needs to be added to the wheel? I think best week ever was the show that got added. No, best mistaken. no best week ever was the show that Chappelle had pitched. Uh, uh, we, we, we had the Chappelle show where Chappelle basically gets to pick whatever he wants. Yes. Did you talk to him about um, it? I did not. I forgot to talk to him. I could talk to him about I it for this next week. I did talk to him about it. He had not listened to the mailbag yet. He was a little surprised. Mm-hmm. But is he in for it? He seemed up for it. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think. I'll he... give him another week to plan it, though. Let's give him another week okay. to plan it if he hadn't. What about Liana's idea of the uh, y- the best of a certain year from the OOS? I, I think we need a little bit. We said we need a little bit more um, sort of 
direction for where we're going to go in okay. there. And I didn't get any of this, but I can work on that. I will make a couple notes right now. Okay. Was there okay. anything else that we greenlit in the last episode? Oh, yeah. I love, I love that's where we came. That's where we're, or may, should we change the name to I love the OOs in honor of Lita? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I don't know. Oh, it, it, also, it, I think called fixed listeners lives that, um, speaking of people who were pitched ideas and certainly do not know that they were pitched, uh, starring Taryn Armstrong. Yes. <laughs> okay. Has Taryn been on this show before? He, one yes. time. One, one time. Yes. Yeah, he was here, and we and we <laughs> sucked him into being on an episode. Yeah, we tricked him. He was at Rob's house. We're like, you have to come on the show right now. Yeah. All right. Lita, is there anything you're rooting for? Um, I I remember shaking my head no at a couple things. Mm-hmm. That being about yeah, I don't. I, I, Lita had a visceral disgust to HGTV. I think it was HGTV, not yes. fans. I don't care. I don't like it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think those shows are really boring. Um, but you know, maybe it's it's just not for me. I'm not a home home or a garden owner. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, All right. Yeah. Um, and Lita also rooting for uh, Gilmore Girls and or Desperate Housewives in the Fishbowl. Desperate Housewives, I believe she pitched, if I'm not mistaken. Am I attached to Desperate Housewives? I mean, you you pitched it. I don't know if you're attached, but I oh, believe it was your I idea. I remember doing that, but I love that. Yeah, I, I'm rooting for uh, for Gilmore Girls, so you guys can veto it right in front of my face. <laughs> Very funny. We have this on video if we veto it. Also. All right, here we go. Spinning the wheel for episode one fourteen. Okay, Akiva. Yeah. Spinoffs are trash. Been on okay. the wheel for now, a while. I'm looking forward to this idea. This is Jason Reed pitched this. Mm-hmm. It's a fully fleshed out idea. Mm-hmm. I do like it. I think we're watching Joey. Speak, that would be oh, double, double yeah. LeBlanc. Yeah. Um, we're watching. Do you remember what? What the do you other think he's more are? embarrassed of, uh, Joey or Ed? Neither. He's super proud. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they both. They cut the check to him for both of these. You know what I mean? They bought him a home and a garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed and. and uh, and Joey, Joey probably he probably made so much money off Joey. Also, I don't think he made that much money on Ed. I got it. <laughs> I don't think so either. But Joey, he must he must have made like a million an episode for that. They wanted a friend. I mean, he, so I think bad. he was making a million an episode on Friends. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like Joey was uh, was a cash cow. Yeah. Um, I, I am looking forward to this idea, but I don't want to. I don't want to not use the veto. By the way, speaking of the guest veto, we had a good pitch. Let me we're coming to play for next week because there's a 2021 idea. Yeah. Pitch was if you veto the show, you're off the podcast for the rest of the year. So no guest is going to use it in like January or February. But come October or November, a guest can use their veto because what do they care? They're probably not going to be on again in the next what, few What weeks. about I'm the last guest of the year? Well, this is it's for yeah. 2021. No, I don't like that. You don't like it. Yeah. But you can encourage Lita, you can encourage us to use veto. We each have a veto and we lose it. If we don't use it right now, yeah, we waited well, I, a year. I think um, it, it would not change my life tremendously to go a year without being on Renap. So, mm-hmm. oh, what <laughs> <if I laughs> next week? The I, here here's the here's the thing. Yeah, I think we have to. Even though I am looking forward to this idea, I wouldn't veto it in a normal week. It's like what could else? What could come up? It could be worse than this. There's definitely worse ideas on the wheel mm-hmm. than trash. Yeah, but I don't want to not use veto. Let's spin that wheel again and right. see what happens. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna veto it. I've been looking forward to it. I wanted to talk oh, to Jason. Yeah, I wanted. To, I wanted to do that again, podcast. If it comes up again, is it eligible or is it off the wheel for the week? I never remember. I, the I, mean, I think it's off. Oh boy. Okay. 
All right. We last year we vetoed the movie Eddie this twice. Is like then we Ak- watched Akiva's it. like, oh well, I gotta push the button. It's here. I didn't come That's here to not Jason push Reed. the button. He also hasn't been on the show. Maybe we'll find something for Jason Reed next week or in the immediate future. Mm-hmm. It could even be this. We'll see. Let's spin the wheel again. I can't not use the veto in mm-hmm. the whole the whole year. Okay. All right. If we could save it, I'd save it. We're not allowed to save it for spin, next week. Spin number two. Here we Me go. Too. Like, uh, well, I, uh, I don't care if it's a bad challenge. I'm gonna. Tra- I got. I can't take my challenges with me. All right. It's true. It's true. All right. Here we go. Maybe you should penalize the timeout. All right. Fine. I don't have any more timeout. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Spin number two for episode one fourteen. It's season three, episode seven. All right. Well, we could we we could do the fishbowl first and then veto it. So let's see what's in there first. Okay. Unless you want to veto sight unseen. Uh, I don't know. Let's let's see what comes up. This is funny. If this is Gilmore Girls, it's my favorite moment in the history of the show. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> and I don't have a veto, so you can only blame Rob. And now, let's go to uh, drumroll. Drumroll, please. Boy Meets World. Okay. Hey! Now my, this... My buddy Maddie I, Gagan, is he attached? He is attached. Maddie Gagan is attached to this. Yeah. Do not veto. Okay. He will be very mad if we veto. Yes. What do you think? But we've watched like 20 weeks in a row. We've watched shows or, how's or he, a movie. How's he feeling about the podcast lately? I feel like he's I been, he's, he's, been, he's been a, a critic. He's, he's back in now that I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think he hasn't been listening because he. Oh, uh, what? Is, I don't think he's listening because Matt was for many years like the king of like coming at us with snark. He has not done that in many months. Listen, people don't have commutes now. I'm not, I don't blame them, but I have not heard from Matt about this show in a long, long time, hmm. which has to mean there's no way he just loves every week. It means he's not listening. No, no. He just turned over a new leaf uh-huh. and decided not to be a hater. And okay. he heard that I was going to be on. It's his new favorite. It's his, it's his favorite podcast again. Um, gotta have him on. But Lita, here's the thing. If he, if I want to know, if you weren't on the show this week, would he even find out that we vetoed it? You know what I mean? You're sure. saying he's going to listen. We've got group chats. We yeah, talk. But you're, you're not going to snitch. You're not a snitch. No, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, but uh, I'm sure he would find out. And uh, I, I, cannot, I cannot stand by and, uh, and not defend. Well, you're being a good friend here, mm-hmm. but I think Rob should use the veto. But I'm not forcing him. But again, it's Rob's veto. Maddie Fresh 24. Yeah. TV. This is great TV show. No, people, will be excited. people will be excited for this movie, but I do think we've watched a lot of TV shows and movies the last month after not and, doing it. And this is a generational bridge. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is my generation to your generation. Boy Meets World is where we connect. Mary is going to be so excited for this. Frail um, Mary? Yeah. Frail Mary is going to be so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll, you'll have all of Podcast House after you. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if, if, if I veto it? If we yeah. veto this. Oh. Well, I don't like to mm-hmm. negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> um, now uh, that's why I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I don't mind. look. Uh, I'm I'm not going to turn down uh, a that. Oh, I get to only watch a 22 minute uh, sitcom for uh, to, instead of two full features about a monkey. Well, that was a one time in 114 mm-hmm. episode thing that yeah. we tortured. That's fine to do. I, I think. I think that. 
a lot of the episodes where there's no watching that you could pick up something that has zero minutes of yeah, watching. Yeah, I could, but I feel like that uh, you want me to use the veto, and I'm mad at you for vetoing the last thing. So, uh, boy meets world, it is. Boy, Rob. All right, so I played us out of a potentially better episode, but this is fun. This is a good idea. You will not regret this. And this is you making it up to me for making me watch Ed. <laughs> yes. Uh, Boy Meets World, yeah, season three, episode seven. And is, it, is, it, is there anything special about this episode or people just want to talk about uh, Mr. Standard. Feeny? I will say no pressure. Truth but and consequences. Week, we had a, uh, an audio documentary that took dozens, if not hundreds of hours to make to open 2019, to open 2020. Um, so no pressure on the first episode of 2021 to be better than yeah. the oral history of the sleepover podcast. Lita, does this uh, mean anything to you? Shaw and Corey are on the hunt for a juicy topic for their video journalism project when their exclusive scoop ends up getting janitor Bud fired. The boys must face the harsh realities of the media. Yes, I, I do remember this episode. I, I don't think that there's like anything particularly amazing I could tell you about it, but I, I remember this episode, which means, uh, you know, probably a good one. Okay. Got uh, some solid scores on IMDb. 7.9. Okay. What if, Lita, you don't tell Maddie Fresh, 24, that he came up? And we'll see. We'll see how long into the week it takes him to find out that he's, he's next week's episode. Because maybe by Tuesday, Wednesday rolls around, he's not there. And we could, it's still 2020. Maybe we could use our veto in the middle of the week. I, I don't that? know why you would suddenly now think that I would start to be a bad friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, just last five minutes I being. Wanna, I do want to test. I do want to test Maddie and see when he finds out that he, that he came up on the wheel. Mm-hmm. But we could test him already. Yeah. Um, should we see if he's available? Maybe he's busy next week. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got yeah. so many yeah, you know what? That this is uh, an argument why we, we should not have more vetoes. That because uh, that uh, you just like that do the veto. I don't like that. I mean, if I like to do the veto, I probably would have done it once in 2020. Yeah, until December 26th. Mm-hmm. I, I saved it for Boxing Day. <laughs> yeah, here we are. What a gift! All right. So, all right, boy, boy meets world, season three, right, episode excited. seven, uh, kicking off twenty twenty one. Because I don't, I don't want to read all week from all the people love boy meets world. People do like it's it. Too yeah, be- it has, it's it has too beloved lot. for me to veto. We kicked this off the wheel. Uh, we kicked that out of the fishbowl at one point, and I think Matt said like he'd quit the podcast, he'd quit listening. He which I guess he did. Anyway. He did. He'd quit if we if we kicked it out, but we we brought it back. I think you guys. He's like. Uh, Studying to be a teacher right now. He's mm-hmm. oh, you're he, too hard on him. That's, that's why well, he loves Mr. Feeney. Tell him to come on next week. I'll teach him how to be a teacher. <laughs> I did quit because I didn't like being a teacher. But I'll well, my... he's going to be a math teacher. He's a very busy man. I'm sure he still listens. Yeah. He just doesn't have time to be a hater. Should we get a uh, a custodian on the podcast next week to give us Janitor Bud's perspective? He oh, get to from Survivor China. <laughs> Allegedly. Is she, is she still a custodian? Yeah. Okay. All right. Great job here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, we've uh, covered it all, talking about everything from Dunstan to Ed to the mailbag and more. Uh, Lita, is there anything else you want to share with us? Uh, just you can follow me on Twitter. Is that what we're doing? We're doing plugs. Yeah, you can do plugs or whatever you know. Whatever else you have coming up. Yeah. Uh, me, you can follow me on Twitter at Lita Tweeted. You can follow me on Instagram at Lita Grammed. You can go back and check out my pack coverage with Rob of the premiere. Yes. Um, did you ever finish my- watching the pack? How far did you get? No, I went all the way. So you watched I, the whole show. 
No, I didn't. I watched so much of it before I knew that I was going to be able to podcast about it. And then I was like, Kevin, we got to stop watching the pack because I'm going to podcast. And I still haven't watched it because I'm still holding out hope, Rob. And I don't (laughs) know. I feel like there wasn't a lot of like, I feel people like the podcast, but I feel like like, I haven't seen a lot of buzz that was not related to the podcast. Well, that's where tastemakers we mm-hmm. created. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever, speaking of uh, Home Alone 2, which was last year, uh, we talked about last year, yeah. uh, do you ever yell the name Kevin? You said Kevin. Do you ever like yell Kevin? Uh, do you ever do that or no? Well, I'll, I'll start just for you. Okay. Uh, no. Next time I leave, I leave him at home by accident. Yeah. If you ever home alone, you just yell, we forgot Kevin. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, you can check out my pack coverage. You can talk. You can follow my dog on Instagram uh, at Sassy Kathy PGH. Um, wait, wait, hold on. You blew through that. What's what's the dog's yeah, name on that. Instagram? Sassy. Uh, Sassy. It's spelled you know like Sassy yeah. S D T. Um, Sassy Cassie C A S S I E. What's the second word? Cassie. My dog's name Cassie. Okay. But it's spelled differently. But the one, the first one's a Y, and the second one's an I E. Yes. Okay. PGH. Sassy Cassie PGH, like Pittsburgh. Oh, PGH. Okay, as I say, yeah. you, do, you, do you have a have private a- Instagram? Okay. Um, yeah, that is... That well, is my the dog, dog has a Finsta also. This is the one that, that she lets people know about. <laughs> hmm. um, that is my dog's Instagram. Uh, you can follow her. And um, you can check out our American Ninja Warrior coverage from this season. And uh, sometimes I'm on twitch.tv t- slash Taryn Armstrong on Tuesdays. Um, so subscribe to Taryn's Twitch. Okay. And All thank right. you for having me. I love Jensen Checks In. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Also one of our longest episodes, Rob. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's up there, but I don't know if it's like, uh, I don't know if it's a top 10 longest episode. By the way, I mean, Akiva, Akiva yeah. promised me, uh, at the end of 2019 that I would yeah, be on in 2020. So, uh, I was, he's a man of his word. Protest. If I listen, <laughs> I did say I did. Well, if you if, if yeah, Eagle Eared listeners might remember we were supposed to do a holiday. Um, uh, it's sort of a Christmas Hanukkah movie. I thought we thought I thought Lita was the perfect person for that. We we wheel jammed, which is the term we use to like basically give it an artificial amount of huge spots. And basically the only time in this podcast history, it didn't work. We tried it two mm-hmm. weeks in a row, gave it a zillion spots. We got unlucky. And then uh, and I said, listen. You'll come on in 2020. And now look, mm-hmm. I told the truth. It's December 26th. A crazy yeah, night. If, if I, it didn't happen this week, next week it would have been 200 spots to Pittsburgh trivia and we yeah. would have gotten her on. Technically still a 2020 episode because the wheel spin. Yeah, I uh, I watched those two terrible Hanukkah movies and was like, all right, I'm all ready to go. What was worse, Ed or either of the Hanukkah movies? That's a good question. I, I, Ed was worse. Ed made me like upset in a way that I can't really communicate i really didn't like it um the hanukkah movies were terrible but like mm-hmm. i i had lower expectations i thought ed would at least have a cute monkey and yeah. it did not she, we thought about going back to the well this year i discussed it with lita and i believe the the word people were using in reviews for this year's movie was anti-semitic, anti-Semitic. It, was, it was like so bad the, it was uh, the hanukkah movie that came out two weeks after hanukkah ended well that's mm. that's the first one although this is a hanukkah theme name and it came out two weeks after hanukkah also. yeah this, this, this podcast uh, but it was worth it's the both. wait. Leah, yeah. you were a pleasure to have um, Rob. Yes. Uh, can I plug my three and a half podcast? Yes, you may. The um, 32 fans. We got uh, football stuff. We did an NBA preview this week. Uh, that was fun. We did. NGOG is taking the week off. I'm not taking the week off, but the, the NG is taking the week off. 
Um, and uh, but we did we did an episode last week. We're getting to the end of season one, mm-hmm. and uh, Robin, you need a podcast. That's this. Yeah, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, of course, be sure to leave us a six star rating over mm-hmm. at robhaswebsite.com slash r a a n a p. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with Boy Meets World next week. First podcast of 2021 for Robin Akiva Need a Podcast. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. I think we really need a podcast, but I need your help. Can we finally seal the deal? I think we do. We need a podcast, but that's not enough. We have nothing if we don't at least have a small idea. For this weekend... Let's just pretend that we know what will be coming up next. Rob and Akiva need a podcast. I got one more podcast to do. I bet Mira's happy that I get to do two. I got one to do and I'm just happy that I get to do it with you listen Akiva I'm sorry I peeved ya but you know it's all in good fun I never expected we'd all be objective. Now this new podcast has begun. Dude, are you a moron? You think that I'd move on? Leaving was never my plan. You act like an asshat, but of course I'll come back. Two fans. Rob and Akiva need a podcast, and they need your help. Can you make it onto the wheel? Rob and Akiva need a podcast. Yeah, they'll buy or sell your ideas. They'll talk about it till you've gotten your fill every weekend. Better attend. You can guess what will be coming up next. Rob and Akiva need a Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.